Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. We back, we back, we back. Obviously, we have no KB. Man down, but the show still goes on. For all the people that think he's going to run over there, he not. He's not. Yeah, there's not no KB. Man. There's no Anwar. Um, we got our man's Austin in the head seat today. or the He in the pilot seat. Yeah, in the pilot seat today. And no KB. I, KB said he wasn't feeling well. Anwar is walking around claiming or making phone calls claiming that Mike got him sick. Um, <laughs> luckily for me, I was I didn't have to hear I that phone that call. Shit. I ducked that sickness, not the phone call. I, Mike ain't getting nobody sick. Mike was barely <laughs> he was barely sick himself. He just you know it was like precautionary. Let me not come to the podcast, but it wasn't like Mike was in bed with a yeah, thermometer throwing up. Yeah. Like that. And, I'm telling you, it was literally minimum contact. He acted like I was hugging up on the man or something. <laughs> like, like y'all was kissing and shit? Yeah. <laughs> they probably snuck something in now. Come on, dude. Yeah, come, <laughs> on, come on, Come on, come on. How y'all feeling, though? I'm, I'm feeling, feeling good, man. Uh, I got this new Mellow tea. Just had to rock oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You did, I did peep that when you walk in, man. Yeah. So, where you get that from? Play Nice Studio. Okay. Yeah, they they always dropping some nice shit. Over they there. must have sent that fast. He just retired. No, I, I actually ordered this like a month ago, and it came yesterday. <laughs> well, we gonna need y'all to speed up them deliveries. <laughs> Great time, and they must have knew something that we ain't know, or they must have got really really lucky co- coincidentally. Yeah, that's true. Probably um, very coincidental. Mike, what's up with you? I was telling you this before we got on here. I just felt like I haven't. I know you was here Thursday for the IT interview. Yeah, but it was Tuesday like- he was not here. I wasn't here Tuesday. And, yeah, I just feel like when I've been in their Discord, I've been in a Discord besides yesterday. I haven't day. really been on the game. I haven't really been on the game the, like these past couple of days. I've just been I've been a little preoccupied. You know, your time is going to be off on MLB again. I, I got on there yesterday because I got on after not playing after two days. And I, I got on a little tipsy, too. Mm. Uh, people are immediately talking about play me, play me. I'm like, bro, y'all. Are you streaming? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy how that's one game you can if you don't, if you take a break from MLB, your timing is fucked. Batting is gonna be so hard. That's why it's one of the <laughs> best games. I have. It's hard for me to be into baseball when the White Sox suck. Luckily, the White Sox been getting their shit together, so maybe I can get my my juices back flowing. And we got to get back to some more games since the weather for gets sure, nice. For sure, for sure, weather has been really nice. But the one that's why MLB has always been one of my all time favorite games because it's a little bit more realistic with the with the time. I mean, you got to have your timing in two K for sure with the shooting and everything, but. Baseball in real life is all about time, and so it's kind of makes it a little bit more real. But everybody that's tuned in, make sure you uh, give us the, the the like. If you're new, subscribe. For audio listeners, go give us five stars so we can get up on them charts. Y'all know we're trying to be the number one podcast in America when it comes to this basketball shit. What's good, everybody? We are back through the wire in action, but we got our fifth member today. It's Isaiah Thomas Atti, welcome to the show, bro. Man, appreciate y'all for having me, man. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to be on the show today. Before we, before we before we get started, <laughs> this this right here, this type of shit is special. Every we, you know, I just want you to know that you're somebody we wanted on the show. You know what I mean? Thanks. We get pe- names that the company can bring. You know, what y'all feel about this guy? You're a guy that we're here because we want to be here. It ain't like a Yo, how you? How would y'all feel about Isaiah? Time? You know, some sometimes that should happen. I just want you to know, we big fans, yep. definitely. And to a lot of to a lot of people like us, you still relevant, and still important to us. You know what I mean? You, Isaiah Thomas, you know, is somebody that's special to the game, and it's guys like you who deserve y'all flowers times ten, because you know people think about Hall of Fame and you know uh, seven time MVPs and shit like that. 
So I just want to give you a flower. I'm, a little, I'm still a little emotionally sh- shaken up off of Melo retiring. So now that you're here <laughs> a couple of days, I just got to make sure you know the love is there and how important you are to the basketball culture. You know what I mean? That's four Chicago guys who, you know, just been embedded in, in the basketball culture for a long time. Hey, man, I, I appreciate that. that. That goes a long way for real. It, it means a lot, so I appreciate that. <laughs> You know, we saw that tweet from you. We had to jump on that immediately. Me yeah. and KB. Oh, you yeah. did. Yeah, you already know. Because we did. And the, I'm glad to be a part of it. We did the uh, Bleach Report stream. Was that last year or something? We did that fourth quarter stream together. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah man, that, that was, was that was a blast, bro. So we want to have you back. I appreciate it, fam. You For know, sure. it's all love. Yep. The first thing I want to dive into, I'm, I'm like I said, I eat, sleep, drink this shit. I'm not. I haven't been, you know, blessed enough to have your type of capabilities to play in the NBA, <laughs> but uh, basketball is still still my life so i've been watching you for a very long time and something that i've always wanted to know and i said i was going to ask the first person i could who went to washington how how did coach romar get all of y'all you brandon roy uh <laughs> will conroy uh markel folds they almost got mpj dejounte marquise Chris. we can go it's a long Halls. list yeah it's a long list i want to know what is he saying to y'all to get y'all to go to Washington? I'm gonna I'm break it down right now. He's definitely not throwing no bag out. So this is all. So it, look, so it's all like genuine love. Like with me, for instance, he didn't guarantee me nothing. He didn't promise me anything. He just felt like, like I got I got my father in my life, but he was an extra father figure. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna tell y'all my experience with him. Like he he. From going on campus at 18 to leaving at 21, like I, I, I was a, I was a young kid going on campus, and when I left, I was a young man that took care of my responsibilities. And I think if you ask any of them guys you named, they'll probably say the same thing. Like it was bigger than basketball when Romar sat down and offered you a scholarship and wanted you to come to Washington. It was like. It's, it's, it's hard to even explain, but I don't know how he got all of us, to keep it honest. He wasn't throwing no money at nobody. He wasn't doing nothing illegal. From top to bottom, he didn't cheat the game. And, you know, obviously now the, the kids are getting paid now as they should. And even back when I was in college, if you was one of the top dogs, you probably getting a little bag to come to the school. He wasn't doing none of that. And he was just he was just honest with you. He was 100% real with you. He's somebody that I talked to monthly still and somebody I think everybody that you name has a really close relationship with him outside of basketball like the basketball is there and you could talk to Romar about basketball all day long but outside of basketball he's something that a lot of coaches aren't and that's a father figure to especially inner city kids that most of the time need that and he's someone that just didn't teach the game of basketball Mm -hmm. but taught you about taking care of your responsibilities in life. So I, I owe a lot to Coach Romar, and I'm sure everybody that you named and, and more owe a lot to him because he's that special in, in all of our lives. Yeah, I just I had to get that out of the way because I think when you talk about college basketball, especially in the Pac-12, which is the Pac-10 now, our young fan base got on my ass because I called it the Pac-12 one time. So let me let me be clear. I get it's the Pac-10, but it once was the Pac-12 – he got a, a very underrated resume as far as the talent that came through Washington, in my opinion. So I had to ask that question. Oh, yeah. He got, I mean, he got draft picks. He, and they're not always highly touted, too. So that says a lot about him, too. They, they, they're they not always coming in and being one and done. A lot of those guys you name, 
They did two, three years at in college, other than Markel Fultz, who's like, and you can brag about that. We got the number one pick. Mm-hmm. We got one of the number one picks. Number one like, pick, yeah. He 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 creates pros somehow, some way. Shout out to Coach Romar. For sure. I'm gonna let I'm gonna get I'm gonna let the NBA talk go now. <laughs> well, like, come on, man, with this college shit. <laughs> now, we, we on the topic of college. I had a question. I wanted to know since you did, like, you were the last pick of the draft in your draft class, and I'm curious, what were you doing? on draft night when you were selected? So what I was doing, so when the draft started, I went to, it's crazy, I went to the University of Washington with my teammates, with, with, with the guys that were on my team. And we were just shooting hoops. We were just shooting, kicking it. I, I was trying to get my mind off the off the draft. Like, I, I honestly didn't think I was going to be the last fucking pick. Like, I, <laughs> I, I didn't think that at all. So I wasn't going into the day like, we're going to wait the whole draft. I was projected to be... I had a team at the end of the first round that said they might pick me, but I was projected to be started the second round, maybe late, maybe middle of the second round at the latest. So that was arguably the longest day of my life. Like I was at the gym for a couple hours for the first round. When it got to like the 40th, 40th pick, I went to the crib. My, my, my family was throwing a little get together, you know, a little, celebration because we was believing we would get drafted higher than the 60th pick. So my family and friends were at the house, chopping it up, eating, kicking it, having a good time, watching the draft. So long story short, it's it's past the 40th pick. I'm like, I tell my guys, I'm, I'm about to head to the crib. You feel me? Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm hitting my agent. Like, I'm, I'm asking him. I'm about to fire him on the spot because we wasn't even supposed to be this late. So... That happens. I'm headed to the house. I remember my mom calls me right when I get to the apartment and she's like, are you okay? And it was around the 50, it was like the 56 pick. At that point, I'm like, damn, I might not even get drafted. I'm not even thinking about the Sacramento Kings. That was my first official draft workout. Like I, I was, I was already like the Lakers have four picks. Once they went, I think their last pick was like 54 or 55. And they told me they would guard, they, they, they would draft me if I was still there. So once they they didn't draft me, I was like, dang, it, it might be over. You know, I was thinking about my other options, like what what I was gonna do. My mom calls me and she asks, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm just you know surprised." She's like, she she read a Bible verse to me. She said, "Well, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. This was around the 58th pick. I get off the phone with her. My agent calls me like Sacramento's gonna pick you with the last pick, and it was like. Like, I didn't care where I got drafted. Obviously, I was upset a little bit, and it was, like, taking so long to get drafted. But once I got drafted, it was like I was the number one pick. That's how I felt. Yeah. And it was, like, so much adrenaline. I walked right into the little party that we were having. My my family and friends was was clapping it up, was cheering. Like, it was, like, the perfect ending to, like, a, a weird middle part of the day because I was just on weight. I'm calling my agent. I'm calling every, everybody's hitting me, like, when are you going to get drafted? And it just happened. It happened that quick. And it was like, like it was a blessing in disguise for me because I really got a chance that usually 60 picks, 60 picks don't get would get invited to training camp, making the team. And then it was all she wrote after that. So you ended up in Sacramento. Uh, now things have changed with Sacramento, right? Making the first playoff appearance in 16 years or whatever. But you were kind of there. And I say it so you don't have to. And like the turmoil age where it felt like they were using high draft picks and not getting people that would return to the roster after a couple seasons. So I want to ask you about your experience with uh, the Sacramento Kings specifically. My experience was good. Like they gave me an opportunity when nobody would. Obviously it was, 
it was like rebuilding stages. We were lottery teams every year. I was there for three years. Um, it was a lot going on. And then one of the years, like, we were about to move to Seattle. Like, it was crazy stuff going on. Like, yeah. the team got sold. They had meetings with us telling us it was over. We moving to Seattle. Obviously, like, I would love for the team to stay in SAC. But deep down, I was kind of hyped, too. Like, yeah, it's going yeah. back to the crib. Right, like, yeah. I'm going to be playing like like D-Rose does in Chicago. Like, I was thinking <laughs> all that. Like, you feel me? But Sacramento, one thing about Sacramento, they gave me my first chance. I love the city. I love the fans. The community embraced me with open arms. Uh, um, it was a tough situation to get drafted to because we was in a losing situation. But at that point, like, this was the only team that gave me my chance. And they right. they they let me rock out once they once they called my name. So it was like, I got nothing but love for SAC. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy as hell for them to be able to make the playoffs. That community deserves it. Um, the city deserves it. And it seems like the organization is going in the right direction. But mm-hmm. I wish we can go back in, in time and play those those years over because we had a talented young squad. So we just man. couldn't put it together. Like we had my third year, we averaged. We were one of the only teams that had three 20-point scores in DeMarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, and myself. Like yeah. We had the talent. We just was the young team that didn't know how to win. That was the, that was the only thing with us that, that, that didn't carry over. But we had the talent. And like I said, shout out to Sacramento. They everybody passed on me but them, and they gave me my first chance. So I'm I, I'm forever indebted in, in with the Sacramento Kings for sure. Yeah, that was that was honestly one of my favorite scenes, kind of like back then to watch, especially with you and with you and Boogie and Rudy's just one of my favorite players. I love team. just like bag type players. But I'm gonna kind of backtrack a little bit when you was talking about just kind of like the coaching aspect. Obviously, it's really big to just have that respect and just like that want to play for the players or to play for that coach, do you think it's valid we see all, like, the coaches getting fired and how often and how short of a leash they have? Um, You know, it's tough. Like, the game is tough. The business business side of the game is tough. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say with the firing of the coaches, yeah, it's surprising, especially coaches that made the finals, won the championship a couple, two, three years ago. Like, you've never really seen that that turnover, especially when you, when you win a championship, usually you got probably like five years to, mm-hmm. to, to be bad. If you win a, if you win a championship, but now it's like, I think the culture of the game is just so unto the next. Like if, if you ain't hot right now, we got to find somebody that's hot, whether mm-hmm. you're a player, whether you're a coach, whether you're a trainer on the team is always onto the next. And I, and I think I don't agree with it, but if you're going to do onto the next and you're going to like, Bring some new coaches in. Like, don't don't recycle the coaches. Yep, like, you, right. you get what I'm saying. Like, like give give younger coaches the opportunity to 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 be on good teams. Because it seems like when you do give new coaches the opportunity, you always throw them to the bad teams. Mm-hmm. So they got like two or three years to be bad, and then they're then they're fired, and they might not get a head coaching job again. I I just hope with how the game is now, I hope new coaches get the opportunities with the good teams, which is going to be tough because teams don't want to wait on having to wait on a new coach. But at the same time, like you need new faces in there. You need younger guys in there, especially with the league going younger. Like yeah. these young guys only respect guys that they can relate to, right, which sure. is not always right, but they're only going to really listen to whether it's coaches or players that they can relate to, that they've seen do it before, or this, you know, damn near close to their age. Because if you can't relate to a young guy, they're they're not hearing you at all. They're not they're not even listening. Right. Yeah. It does. 
I feel like everything is so, so much on to the next now. And I feel like that's kind of a problem, especially with these younger guys, because the pressure is on them immediately to perform well and to be contributing to, you know, winning basketball. Yeah, I mean, the on to the next culture goes to the coaches and the players where we have basically the NBAs that the youngest has ever been. Uh, we have players like you. I mean, Melo wanted to keep playing, had mm-hmm. to opt out for a year. His the, former teammate who Boogie, I love, the Boogie, Cousins. Dwight, Dwight Howard, Howard is in Taiwan, yeah. like veteran guys that could come in and help an organization. But like you mentioned, it's like we want the next big thing. And sometimes for them, it's invested in a 19-year-old that maybe has potential to be great one day. Sometimes you need those you need those vets in there. You need you need those. And, and you know what's crazy about that? Like, yeah, you need the vets because the vets control the locker room. The vets are gonna show a young dude how to be professional, how it's done. But also like like how is a young guy teaching another young guy how to be a professional? <laughs> right, like, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So like you got guys, you keep drafting these young guys, which is fine. Like I'm all for the young dudes. But then their veteran that they look up to is twenty two years old. <laughs> yeah. They hasn't really won anything. They hasn't really been in no real situations. So how does it doesn't make sense? Like, I'm not saying it, the NBA got to be old, but you should have two or three older guys at the end of the bench. Mm-hmm. They could still they could still play if given the opportunity, but they're there to really help these young guys because you wouldn't see these crazy incidents that are happening with these guys. If there's an older guy in the locker room like, fam, come on, you got to We got to be better. We, right. we, we can't do those things. And it, it's hard to watch because I, I know there's not just myself, but I know there's guys that 10, 12 year vets in the league that that can really help. And it's frustrating because it's out of our control. Yeah, right. And you I know, mean, it, it, it's just where the NBA is going. And, you know, you, you got to somewhat live with it. When you look at those last three teams that's still hooping today, all of those got those yeah, vets. Got those yeah. vets. Udonis yeah. has them. Don't play tick. But we know he's a dude that matters to the organization. Even uh, – uh, DeAndre Jordan, who don't play, but he, you can tell when they exactly. were raising that trophy that there's a bond there. Jeff Green, um, Jeff, Green Jeff Green, even Blake Griffin right now Blake with the Boston Griffin. Celtics. So like yeah. the the teams that understand it, understand it, and you see the success there. But some of these younger teams are rather throw the dart board or throw the dart at the board a yeah. hundred times to get the but one. That's guy. why. But that's why you see also there's only if you really look at it. If you really look at it, there's probably six teams that are really trying to win the championship every year. Right. Yes. Other than that, everybody starts off saying the right stuff, but they come December, they in rebuild mode now. Right, they in yeah. rebuild like, like they're like we got to go for the draft pick. So if you really look at it, everybody that's competing for a championship has what we talked about. They have young guys, they have older guys, they have guys that maybe don't play, but but has had a great career and, and help in other ways than putting the ball in the basket and being on the floor. So it's like, what are we really trying to do? Yeah, I think are that's we trying what, to develop? Are we? What'd you say? I think that's why we need the the NBA, the National Basketball Association. They need to empower basketball people, because if 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 Isaiah Thomas can be a former player, but then maybe work in a film room or be a, a, a an assistant, then maybe a coach or maybe a GM, you understand the ins and outs. Because when we look at the league. A lot of shit that you look at, it don't make sense. And it kind of it, it shows you why certain teams stay at the bottom. And I, I don't want to put nothing attached to you, but it's why we would see the Rockets continue to be the Rockets. Versus we see, you say it's six teams. I think we see the same teams. Yeah. The Celtics are, have been in it. 
Even when you was there, y'all was the number one seed. Y'all don't, they done changed yes. ties. They got the same system. Miami is always in the conversation yep. with LeBron, Dwayne Wade and Shaq, now Jimmy Butler, the Golden State Warriors. You got Iggy, who don't even play, but he's still on the roster for, for that presence. It's the same teams, and you have the same teams kind of at the bottom mm-hmm. or, who ha- or who don't win shit, and I think we see why. And it blows my mind because everything else in the league is copycat except that. Except that. Mm-hmm. But you also got to put in there as a business. So there's there's different people. They have different, you know, decisions that they make. Like, if we ain't competing for no championship, are we really making money? Let's try to get that highest draft pick. Right, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it it's a it's a – it's a weird position to be in, but if you've been around the league, you see it, and you just, you know, it doesn't make sense. They they couldn't even make it make sense if they wanted to, you know, not to point fingers at anybody, but if you're going to go young and be young, you just got to have some guys in there that can, that they have, that can help these young guys. And that goes back to me saying, get some guys in there that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. No young 19-year-old that's a millionaire is going to come in and listen to a 60-year-old. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is in today's society not just in basketball. Yeah, They're going to look at you like, damn, did you even do it? <laughs> yeah, it seems you feel like me? And that's, and that's no disrespect to anybody because there's some good, there's some great GMs, there's some great coaches, mm-hmm. there's some great guys that never played the game. They know so much about the game, but if we're going to go so young, you got to adjust and and adjust to these young guys and, and, and adapt to how they learn and how they think. Because if not, then we're just going to see the same scenarios play out Time in and time out. You had talked about it being a business. <clears throat> and I'm going to ask you just from some, and I know we just met like 30 minutes ago or 10 minutes ago, but as just like a younger homie who's trying to get some game, how how do you, because we all say it, man, it, it's, it's just business. It's not personal or whatever. But how, how do you gauge that? Because that to me, that's kind of like the political thing to say. And I know yeah. you've been through your trial and error without, throughout the NBA uh, even from the start of you not even thinking you would go that far in the in the draft, um, but we we here we we got contracts. We on a contract year um, coming up for us at the end of this year. How do you how do you separate the two, or how do you really handle you know taking things as it's just business and in person? And I mean the real it, not the one that's at the podium after the game trying to say the right things. But yeah, 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 no doubt. Um, for me, it's. It's tough because, like you said, throwing out is just business. That is political. Because at the end of the day, that shit be personal at times, too. Like, I, if I put my heart and soul into this, that's personal. That's that, that's just not business. Like, when, when the transaction's made, yeah, we say, oh, okay, that's business. You got traded. Figure it out. Or you, got, you didn't sign with this team. Figure it out. But a lot of these times, especially with guys that got a lot of years in the league, like, it's not always business. It, it can't be because I, I'm, I'm with you each and every day. I'm building relationship with you, friendship. I'm building um, a lot with you for it to be just business and to get traded or to get whatever the case may be. And it just be like two fingers. All right, I'll see you later. Right. It can't be that because I'm putting my blood, sweat and tears in it. So it can't be just business when the transaction's made. But at the end of the day, I guess that's just what it is. And you 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 got to take it for what it is. Like when I first got traded. So when I got traded to Boston from Phoenix. It was tough for me because it's like I just signed with Phoenix six months ago. You feel me? I signed a four year deal with Phoenix and that caught me off guard. 
So yeah, everybody tell me it's just business. It's, it's a better opportunity for you. Okay, again, down the line, three years later, I get traded to Cleveland. Like, that's not business at that point. Yeah. I laid my career on the line for a lot of people. You feel me? Like, and this is just being a hundred percent real. And this is not no negativity on nobody. I laid my career on the line for a lot of people and then get traded. And then we say it's just business. Was it just business when whoever made the decision to tell me that I can play on my hip? Mm. You feel me? Yeah. Was that just business or was that like, so it's, it's, it's hard to speak on because it's just a fine line between it. I get it's a business, but at some time, at times it is personal too. That's real. That's real. For to sure. give you not the political answer in the no, best yeah, way yeah, I can. No. I t- I'm an emotional dude. So I, I, I try to ask somebody who got experience, that I, especially at a higher level. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You put your, your career and, you know, emotions on the line, you know, in, in a lot of different situations in your career. So and, was, and, and one other thing, I think, especially with the game and the business side of it, I think there's a way to go about it. Like, especially if, like, com- just communicate. I think that's half the battle. If you communicate and straight up with anybody that you're going, anybody that you're dealing with in this business, then that I think makes it a lot easier. If there's no communication and you get hit um, surprisingly with getting traded or whatever the case may be, that's when it hurts. And it seems like, okay, that can't be business. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to war with you every day and we have a dialogue of a communication and we have a relationship and friendship, the least you can do is just chop game with me. And tell me what you're thinking is about to happen. And then I'm going to take it however I take it. But at least you sat down and you, and you kept it 100% real with me. And that's all I can ask. And the business side ain't always like that. So that's why it's it's tough. And guys do take it personal at times. Yeah, it seems like when a lot of guys are traded, they seem like they never know what happened. Like a lot of people be saying they, they, they found out on Twitter. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. It'd be like that. Like I remember I got traded another time in D.C., I just got done with practice. So I'm headed to the crib. <laughs> wow. I get to the crib, my agent like, oh, they, they might trade. And I'm like, they, nigga, might? <laughs> I was just practicing hella hard today. <laughs> I mean, I was just going hard. Like, you could have told me at the gym. You could have definitely brought me aside and told me at the gym. Yes. You feel me? Just because I just feel like it should be that way. Like, mm-hmm. guys shouldn't be caught off guard. We put too much, you know, sweat. Um, hard work into this, like you blood, sweat, and tears in this. Like you, you shouldn't be caught off guard. But guys are caught off guard on the daily. Uh, we're one off. Why you said uh, Washington? That just reminded me of the time that you got ejected, like a minute into the game. Oh. Did you? Did well, I still don't understand what happened in that situation? <laughs> he wanted a frost. No, 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 not that one. Not <laughs> no, that, one. that was in oh, the that was, that was in Atlanta. That was crazy. Yeah. It's like we'll I, and that was a that was the unfortunate situation because the ref thought I pushed. The ref thought I pushed him, but like I explained to the NBA and him, I'm like, "Damn, I just hit my first two shots. Why would I? Why would I want to get ejected?" Right. Like, and 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 it was a it was a funny matter at the time, but it was like I was dead serious. Like that was probably gonna be a good game for me. Like I'm not, I've never been that guy. So like that was a weird situation for me. Like I was, that was even Damian Lillard. He was right next to me because we got we got tangled up. He like. He was over there. I remember the next day when usually when you get ejected or suspended, the NBA calls you. You got to talk. They do an investigation and stuff. You got to talk to them. You got to talk to the NBA, NBPA. I remember Lillard was on the phone like, fam, 
there's no way he pushed this guy like that. Like, there's no way he meant to push the ref. So, like, shout out to Damian Lillard. He had helped me not get suspended that time. So that was <laughs> even though I got injected 80, 80 seconds into the game, he right. had he had helped me not lose any more money than that. So what what did that fan say to you that wanted a frosty though? That made you actually go into the stands? You like you just <laughs> said, you're not even that guy. Look, look, the fan said, and the, the, excuse my language, he said, he gave me two middle fingers, right? He looked me straight in the eye and gave me two middle fingers. And he said, F U B word. So, and he said it three times to me <laughs> with his middle fingers up. And I happened to catch him when I'm running back. So, me, this is what my thought process was. I was like, I'm a, whenever the, whenever the game stops, like the, Whenever stoppage, I'm gonna just go talk to him and say, "Fam, don't ever do that again to me. Don't like I'm a man before anything." So I did that. Like right when I'm running down, they call timeout, so it was perfect. I'm like, I wasn't thinking I'm getting suspended. I'm not thinking I'm gonna get ejected because he's like in the third row. I'm like, I'm gonna just go right behind the hoop, be super calm, and tell this man like, "Don't ever do that again, fam. Like we don't play with that word. We don't do none of that. Like that." That's just one word in my household and it, how I was raised. No matter what it is, we're, those are fighting words. Right, Not right. saying I was going in there to fight. I just had to tell that man. And he really responded with, which made me laugh because it was like, damn. <laughs> this dude said, he said, bro, I'm so sorry. I just wanted a frosty. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's when I went back to the end of the bench and just sat down. Then they told me I was ejected for going in the stands. I'm like... Damn, I'm tripping. You know what I mean? But it was just the, it was the principle of it. Like I had to go talk to that dude and just be like, fam, we don't do that. Don't do that again. And he really responded with that. And I had to smile about it. Right. No, it was funny. You, fans be in the arena feeling so entitled. Like they feel like they could do anything. They be feeling, and you know, when they get a little alcohol, you know what I mean? It just it just yeah. takes them up a notch. Sure. Yeah, that's why I'll be minding when we see it. some of the players now. They be pointing out fans and maybe yeah, getting ejected because yeah, yeah. sometimes Russell could get you. Oh yeah, yeah. Real quick. Now it's like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you kicked out. Don't say nothing bad to me. I'm all right. He, he was right there. He said something. He's out of here. <laughs> right. I'm gonna be that guy now. If, I, if, if when I get back, I'm gonna be that guy. Say okay. Can you get him out, please? Yeah. I don't even don't even care if they send courtside. They spend five bands on that ticket. You just wasted that. Oh yeah, yeah. If we interact on eyesight, oh yeah, he said something. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see another reason I, I connect with you in a way is because I know you've been on a marathon for a minute. Rest in peace to to one of my guys, one of my favorites, Nipsey. And um, I could tell from, like I said, I've seen your YouTube and the book Isaiah and things like that. And I see that, you know, a real Nipsey fan when you, when you <laughs> hear the songs. Oh yeah, for sure. Thing, you you know, know him. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite Nipsey uh, song and project? So my favorite Nipsey song um, so Keys to the City is on the Marathon Mixtape. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of my favorites, one of my go-tos. And also on his latest project, The Victory Lap, is Blue Laces 2. Blue Laces 2. So those are two of my go-tos when I when I really need to lock in or I'm headed to the gym. I'll throw that on and it just... I think those two, two songs, especially the Marathon Mixtape, I was in college when that came out. So like that whole mixtape, takes me back to college and being on the grind of trying to make it to the NBA. And then the victory lap, that album kind of like, like it's everything. It's like, I've been a Nipsey fan since 2008. So to see that album is like what every fan that's been a Nipsey fan has been waiting on. And I wish, 
you know, rest in peace, my dog, my bro Nipsey. I just wish he was here so we could selfishly so we can hear what the music would be like now. Like even when I go through some shit, I just be like, man, I wish Nip was here because I know he would have some shit for exactly what I'm going through. (laughs) And not just me, but the world, because it it seemed like his music was always on time for what 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 marathon I was on, what slow grind that I was on. So, you know, shout out to the marathon, shout out to Nipsey Hustle, the whole Crenshaw crew, all money in. Those are my guys. For sure. So I had a question for you. I know you 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 mentioned being traded to Cleveland, so you played with LeBron a little bit. I wanted to know what is it like being with such a intense guy like LeBron as a teammate. It's it's the dopest thing ever. Like I, I played with him on the Lakers and the and the Cavs. It's like you see why he's the best, one of the best to ever play, arguably the best to ever play. His preparation to the game, his professionalism, his his leadership, and how to bring a team together, like. I've never seen nothing like it. Like when we was on the Cavs, we every road trip we're going to dinner. The whole team though. Mm. Going to dinner. Every as you guys know, everybody got their handshake with him. Like yeah. everybody got different handshakes. It's like he really brings guys together. And if you think about how big of a star he is, being on his team, you would never even notice. Like he 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 acts like just the regular guy. He treats everybody like the regular guy. Like it's it's something special. And then his aura around the game is just like, I always compare it to it's like how probably how Michael Jackson was when he's about to go perform. Like, right. you know, you guys, you will see grown, grown women, grown men crying when they see Michael Jackson. Like I've never seen yeah. when LeBron walks into a restaurant or LeBron walks in even to an arena getting off the bus. Like you, you see his stardom, like it's, it's second to none. Like I bet Michael Jordan was like that at his time too. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about Jokic because you did play in Denver for a little bit. He's like the most unknown person to us, like media people. What what is Jokic like IRL? Just like you, just like you said, he ain't saying too much. It's, it's funny. I always tell this story. Like one time we was in the locker room. Well, a few times at halftime, we 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 probably beating a team. We had a good year that year. He's always like, now I, I can't say for now, but when when I play with him, a few times I would look over there because we was we was right next to each other at the locker, he'll be on his phone playing a little weird little game, like, like a little kid game on his phone. Just I always say, Joker, he likes basketball. He doesn't love it. He just happened to be good at it. Like, dang, I got to go for I got to go for a 40-point triple-double tonight. Like, 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 it just seems like, like that. Not saying he doesn't love the game, but I've never seen a superstar, an MVP, nobody like him. Like, he just... Right. He just plays basketball on the side and happens to be really good at it. Like, he's really clocking in the work, getting his job done, and going home and doing whatever the hell he's about to do. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, he's giving you 30, 15, and 15, not saying nothing, not talking shit, going back to the locker room, playing his little game, going to the crib. Like, it's it's crazy because you never see a superstar as humble as him, as out of the way as him. And, I mean... It's it's amazing to see, like like it's amazing to see. He's like I, I text him after the last game, right? I'm like, go get go get the championship, go win it. He said, we have a great opportunity. <laughs> like that was it. That was the text. We we have a great opportunity. Like nobody else is saying that. Like nobody else, especially of a, a, a star, two time MVP like that. Nobody's saying that. Back so professional, so straight to the point. 
Like he's one of the good guys for sure. And it's funny that he kept it professional with you as like a former <laughs> teammate who was in a locker room. But look, like you were he's a media doing that guy. with everybody. He's doing it with everybody. That that's the text. That's the exact text I thought he was saying. Does he talk? <laughs> does he talk that way too? Like in person? Just like you. <laughs> just like you. He ain't saying too many words. That's why it's funny. Like he he he's just really going about his business, getting it done, and going home. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the last things I want to ask before we let you get up out of here, we know you're a busy man, three three beautiful kids running around. You got to get to, um, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way. You're gonna understand my question with it when it first come out. It's gonna sound crazy. For sure. <laughs> Anytime somebody start off, with I just want, I just want it's to, all good. I don't want to be looking like what the hell? But <laughs> where where would you say when we we just talked about your career and and very quickly because um, there's so much that we could continue to, to talk about where do you think you get your your what's the word I want your delusion or audacity from and the reason I use that word is because is throughout your upbringing a lot of people probably not probably they, they counted you out five nine and you probably weren't supposed to be a starter in high school I read that you averaged 30 in high school Damn. um you started for coach Romar at Washington as a true freshman uh, rookie of the year in a Pac-12, all-freshman team. The big shot you hit against um, Arizona, I believe, in the, in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, probably wasn't supposed to do all of that. Then make it to the NBA. Just making it, probably you weren't supposed to do, but then let alone be a starter. Then you got traded. That was probably supposed to be it. Or you signed with the, the Suns, and then they traded you in six months. Now that was supposed to be it. And then you go to the Celtics, a historic franchise, and is the heart and soul Number one seed in a conference with LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. MVP candidate. MVP candidate. I saw the video where you met Iverson and you went back to the hotel after he signed the jersey. You said twenty two and six. That's a that's that's not a good year. I gotta get I gotta get like twenty eight and you fuck you fucking did it. You averaged twenty nine. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I rewatched yeah, yeah. that today and it's like, where do you? How do you reinvent these audacity? Like it, it's kind of. Like, yeah, for a regular person, it's like, damn, the audacity to think that you can do it and not only think, but you are doing You did do it. How, how do you continue to reinvent that at every fucking step of your life to, to get to the point where we hear an awe to have you on our show? Man, you know, honestly, it's, it comes down to uh, I really have so much confidence in myself and believe in myself way past anybody ever could imagine, like. I, I believe in myself more than my parents did. I believe in myself more than anybody ever did, but I also put the work in. So as a young age, the stuff that just happened to me, I had dreams about it happening. I, I already seen it. So whether you talk about high school averaging 30, college, being Pac-10, MVP, all the all of the accolades that I had throughout my career. I promise you, like, and this is just me being 100% real. I spoke all that shit to an, an existence. Every single thing that I've done in my high school career, college career, NBA career. Like 2017, when I was third or fourth in MVP voting, in every arena, I went to the free throw line, they're yelling MVP. I remember back in 2000, 2001, when Iverson won MVP. I'm like, I'm going to do that shit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Somehow, some way, the arenas are going to yell MVP when I'm at the free throw line. So when that happened, I'm really laughing in my head like I'm smiling. 
there's hella clips where I'm just smiling because I'm like, I've seen this shit before. I Man. told myself this was going to happen and it happened. And I know when I tell people this, it'd be like, okay, yeah, you can say that. But the first thing I always tell kids, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. Mm -hmm. So when, like you said, all those stages in my career, when I got to high school and I was serving dudes in high school, they like, okay, he's not going to do that in college. Guys are a little bigger, stronger, faster. Got to college, did the same shit, and I was winning. Got to the got to the pros, and they was like, okay, there he's he's small. He can he can do this. He can be a spark plug off the bench. My mind was like, I'm one of the coldest dudes that ever played a game, and I know that for a fact because nobody five nine is doing the shit that I'm doing. And this is talking with being the mo one of the most humble guys ever. I just know I'm that dude when it comes to this game, and I've always been. Whether you believe in me, whether my mom, my dad believe in me, it didn't matter because the work I put in each and every day when nobody was in the gym built the confidence in me for life. So when it comes to the game of basketball, I don't see nobody better. And that's all due respect to everybody because I know if guys were 5'9", they wouldn't be as good. Yeah. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And if I was 6'8", I would be even better. You get what I'm saying? So like that's... That's me just believing in myself, not giving a fuck what anybody says, and just grinding. Like, yeah. that's all I know. So at every level, every step of the way, like you said, there was somebody saying, he can't do this. Then when I averaged 20 and sat, oh, he can't be a full-time starter on a winning team. Then when I went to go be the franchise in Boston, they said, oh, he can't win a championship being 5'9". Like, we probably would have beat Cleveland if I didn't get hurt. To Fact. keep it a buck. And we played Golden State the best out of anybody that year. Like, so all these things that happened throughout my career, to say this in the most humble way, I worked for that shit. And when my opportunity was was there and when they called my name, I took that shit and I ran with it and I didn't look back. So that's how major this shit was. That's why the love I get from y'all, from anybody at the crib, from anybody who's watching, because they seen it. Because they seen people doubt me time in and time out. And I just rose to the occasion with the help of my teammates, obviously, and the opportunity that was given to me. Every time somebody gave me an opportunity, I served that shit. Mm -hmm. Every time. And I tell guys that are 5'9 and are little, if you don't serve that shit, you're going to be lost in the sauce and they're going to forget about you. Because when you're 5'9 and you're small, you got to be special. You can't just fit in. You got to stand out. And every time I stepped on the court, whether it be at LA Fitness, the YMCA, Madison Square Garden, United Center. I'm like, there's somebody in that crowd that never seen me play and don't even know who I am. But when they leave this shit, they're going to be like, I don't know who that was, but that little dude, he was the best player on the floor. Yeah, That's my mindset to this day. You feel me? So that's that's what got me to where I am today. That's what's going to keep me going. That's what's going to get me back in the league. I speak everything into existence and it always happens. I remember Nipsey saying, Shit just happens the way I always envisioned. That's just been my life. Mm. And that's my life to this day. I'm going to stay on the slow grind, stay on the marathon. I'm going to keep a smile on my face and keep mashing because it don't stop. It you don't ready stop. Hoop. You I'm ready to set a, you know ready to set a screen for you and get a rebound. <laughs> Kick it out. I'm running right there. Man. You already know. Let's go. You already know. It would be hard not to give a play for this We're going to need to pick you up for our fifth. One day we go hoop at you. <laughs> Bam! If you guys ever need a fit, let me know. I'm game. Bet it off. Bet it off. <laughs> no, for sure. We appreciate you, man. I'm so glad uh, we was able to have you. 
I can't wait to, you know, hopefully one day, you know, be able to run into you in person and talk without the cameras on and shit. Like I said, major, major love from us. All real love. We from Chicago. You from Washington. I don't know what y'all do in Washington. <laughs> I haven't been there. I want to be there, though, but I haven't been there. You guys got to come to my tournament. Hey, woo, woo. That would be fun as hell. If, are you in, my little that, basketball. That you I love in, the you Pooh, Pooh came to the tournament. Is, is, that, is, pull is that you inviting us? That's me inviting y'all. It's two days, August 5th and 6th. 5th and 6th. Come, come, come to Seattle. Y'all never been. The, the weather's going to be perfect. You might as well set through the wire up out there for one day. We're going to have our producer write that down. And we have NBA guys, so you guys can get some, some interviews. interviews in. We have every NBA guy we out here got Let, a team in the tournament. Let's make it happen. I'm plugging y'all, so just come. Oh, we, we, we slide out here. Off the strength. We, we can't be we disrespectful. Yeah. But what I wanted to say, <laughs> yep. in Chicago... And these guys are my witnesses because I do it when I fuck with, with fuck with somebody. We, I beg. I'm a beggar. I need a signed jersey. I fuck with you. I did it to D Rose. I'm doing it to you. We just did some rookie combines. I asked Anthony Black. I don't know if you know what it is at Arkansas. He needed yeah, yeah, yeah. I told his hey, I fuck with you. So I need my signed jersey after you know after I, the first two years. I feel you. I'm on the same shit. I need something signed by y'all. We can we can do a jersey exchange. Set it up. We can my do man. something. The ultimate you jersey. Already know. My, my boy. I, you already know. We appreciate you, it. Uh, can't wait to see you back in the league. We'll be there in August. Yep. Much love and respect, man. Super, super appreciative of you taking the time out to chop it up with us. Uh, and much love, man. We got major, major love for you, bro. For sure. Thank you, bro. Hey, it's, it's all love. I appreciate y'all. Keep inspiring the world. Y'all doing a hell of a job, bro. All of y'all. Thank, Thank you, bro. Appreciate that, bro. Peace out. You know. You've been preoccupied, but did you get a chance to watch the Miami Heat? Yeah, I have. Thoughts? Um, and the reason I'm asking first you first all, is first because... I'm pissed at you. Why? Because if your Lakers showed any of this fight, we would have a little bit more basketball. Okay, all right, we got to get that too. But I, I'm, I've, I've been telling people I'm rooting on the Celtics' downfall. I don't care no more. Me and D Mills had to watch a, a forty, literally uh, the whole game of the Celtics. And what was they down? What was it? Two zero three. It was two zero. Yeah, it was two zero. And I promise you, this is like you would think it's Celtics got to come out. This is their home game. They had zero effort, bro. They lost by almost 30. We had to watch like, the whole game. And oh, they, this is your first podcast since having to watch that game. Yes. Right. And that's why I say. I, Get your I'm, shit off. I'm not. I'm not. I'm The Celtics, y'all piss me off, bro. I hope y'all do lose this damn series, too. It only really takes. They just need one Jimmy Butler game for this shit to be over with. But this is the Celtics. I, I had them literally in the finals. That's what made me so mad about it. They've been doing, I think, a lot better. They've been looking like the Celtics we know over yes. the course of the season. Just because they've been having that intensity. I think they... I mentioned that I, they do a good job of like getting out of like double coverage or like trapping or zones because they have that little Marcus Smart on the roll and then they finally just started doing that. I feel like the zone were uh, the Heat were playing zone and they just stopped the Celtics. Like yeah. the Celtics didn't know what to do at all, but they're starting to uh, get it moving. And it's just what we kind of expected from them. It's kind of crazy. It took them to be down 0-3 to decide that all. Oh, we gotta take them boys serious. Like that, it it's crazy that it came to that point because now you actually see them getting out on shooters, closing out, fighting hard on screens. They was kind of playing like a anybody but Jimmy type mode for three games, and they realized, oh shit, the other motherfuckers could still beat us. So then they now they want to try to play hard on them, and it's working. They didn't stole two games, but as we know, history says it's gonna be hard for them to actually pull off this four it, straight games of perfect. I know I said I was hating, but. This is the team to 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 like to make that it. history. Yeah. yeah.
because it they, really is. They are the better team. They're just they just play bad. Yeah, that, the first I think those teams, the first those two games, the first two, the first damn near three games, they looked like they weren't the Celtics team that we just know. It's just like, oh shit, they got Jalen Brown looking like he he you know he's not engaged and he's ready to uh, be shipped out. They had all this conversation. All the Celtics had to do was come hoop. Yeah, especially that, anytime Jason Tatum starts the game off with like a good four or five minutes, I feel like the Celtics just got it. And I'm uh, just as Robert many Williams cases. has been playing very good, protecting the rim. Uh, his presence down low has been very known uh, when it comes to making sure guys ain't getting open layups and shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with I agree with what both of y'all are saying. A thing that stood out for me, and I hate I don't want to say it in the way I'm gotta say it because it's gonna make me feel like I'm discrediting Miami. But in these two Celtic wins, they have been able to limit a lot of the the. <sighs> I don't want to say it, be disrespectful, but like the bullshit and like yeah. and like the others. So like the last game, obviously you don't have uh, Gabe Vincent. Yeah, Gabe Vincent that. is averaging like seventeen for the Heat in this series in particular, and he's shooting like fifty percent from three. Mm-hmm. And I had texted that to my group chat, where it's like, hey, like what you think of this game? Like what are we finna get in this game? Like Celtics gonna gonna handle him. It sounds crazy, but the Miami Heat don't have Gabe Vincent. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a big. I never thought I would be saying that in a key Eastern Conference yeah, matchup. Like that's oh a man, big piece they missing. Yeah, Gabe Vincent ain't playing this game. Might not be that good, but he's been that type of performer for them where they needed that. You look at uh, the last game. I think Kyle Lowry was very limited. Mm-hmm. Max Struess very limited. I think Hayward Highsmith and, and uh, Duncan Robinson had good games, but that's because it was a blowout and they end up playing. You know, a lot, a lot of minutes, but yeah. Uh, if you look at the statistics, Caleb Martin is one of the highest um, bench scoring players in NBA history. He's one of the hottest dudes, yeah. Yeah, like, so it it was a matter of time of, like, how long can that keep up to be able to, to help the Heat? Because Jimmy Butler has been playing good, but he hasn't he hasn't had Miami Buck type performances in this series. You yeah, know, um, so it's been it's been a but, team effort. And yeah. I feel like. That they wanted it more that Julius Randle said. That was the vibe I got from the Heat in the first three games where they just wanted this shit a lot more. The Celtics was real cool, trying to play real cute. And like Derek said, how how many times do you have to lose before you realize the Miami Heat willing to take a game? In the first couple games, like Jason Tatum dead ass looked scared. Yeah. I like I I, like turnovers. Like he dead ass looked like he was just nervous up there. I uh, on some real shit. He really did, and I, I know it was kind of like after the point. I think it was after they lost game three or whatever. He's like, "Yeah, I turned my social media off, like, cause he already knew. Like, he he looks like he plays the first couple games. He looked like he played. He knew that backlash was coming. He was scared to kind of play. But like you yeah. said, back against the wall, I seen somebody else talk, talk about Jason Tatum in elimination games and how well he plays. But every game from here on out has been. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the whole point, though. I mean, Jimmy Butler, uh, the Heat. I know. He was talking about all the bullshit they got and how they didn't literally been having like miracle performances from players. Yeah, they're up three zero. They or not three zero, but they have three games. They just need one more. They just need one more. They just need one more. But they don't they, let the Celtics get one more. But if they, yeah, but if those this is game seven for the Celtics. Game six is game seven. Yeah, game I, six is game I, seven I, for the Heat. Yeah, yeah, for the Heat because you would hate to lose three games in a row. Going back to Boston. And letting this team have all of the confidence in the world, and now you got one of your key factors in the series hobbled. So yeah, I think Gabe Vincent will play tonight. If it goes to Game Seven, he'll probably play, but he's going to be on a bummed ankle. We are yeah. aware that the ankle ain't the same. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what game is this. Game two, Caleb Martin outscored Jalen Brown. Well, how much did he have? Like, combined. How much did he have? 25. Okay, I thought he yeah. had 27. Yeah, that's, that's, he so just, like, the, a lot of the heat role players have just not been missing. Like, with Gabe Vincent miss, uh, missing out, too, it's just like they don't have that luxury Kyle Lowry at the bench. Now he's back in that starting just lineup. lineup. Yeah. And then last game, Derek White showed he he really he, showed out. He was he was a guy for yeah. the, the the Celtics, and that that's that's the part where I'm looking at with like the Celtics and start getting this momentum, which they have, and they was able to parlay it into a second win. If they can keep going, because in that last game that we just watched, um, Game Five, everybody was making shots. Everybody yeah. in that first quarter, that first half, and I've been talking about Marcus Smart raining threes, Derek White hitting threes, Malcolm Brogdon hit three, Jason Tatum was making shots, Jalen Brown, um, everybody was splat out. Then you yeah. get the double, you get second chance looks at it too off the offensive rebounds. And I love the turnovers that they was forcing. I was able to get them a big lead, let them get comfortable, get their mojo going. They're going to have to replicate that. The defenses was helping them, the Boston Celtics right now, in my opinion. Because that defense allows those easy looks. Mm-hmm. Because Miami gets back in transition, they gonna they gonna limit the transition looks. Um, so it it's, it's tough to get those easy buckets. They were also fighting over screens. Like I, yeah. I talk about it with that Clippers scene too. Like it's too much switching going around. Y'all gotta fight. Yeah, y'all gotta fight around these screens. And it, they played a lot better, like individual defense and keeping people in front of them. And the band that we saw the entire playoff run for the most part, he didn't really show up in this game. Um, Thought he had a, he tried to show out a little bit in the second half, yeah, but he, half, yeah. he but he he definitely didn't have that same impact. Neither did Jimmy. Jimmy didn't have a great game either. Uh, I expect both of them to play better tonight, though. I think tonight's gonna be a very much yeah, a dog fight I, type game. Jimmy, and I think we're gonna get a crazy Jimmy game. He's one of the best, at, like just knowing when it's time to take over. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in the first six eight minutes of the game, we've seen a like he's got one of those ten point like ten point quarters. You yeah, know, I like almost might, immediately. I definitely might get on that parlay with Jimmy. I think Jimmy <sighs> going to go for 35-plus tonight. So you predicting a Miami Heat win? Yeah. I hope you? so. I'm rooting against Let's the see what Celtics. The betting so I'm hoping say. for the Heat tonight. Let's see what the betting odds say. You're going for the Heat tonight, but what do you think as an analyst who ain't being child saying think? you're going for the Heat? What do you think is going to happen? I I, I dead-ass believe the Heat are going to win. I, they only need, in my mind, they only need one game. And like I said, they have one of the best playoff performances. They only needed one the last two games. They have, they have, but you know how I feel. When you have that, when it's like that room for, like, they would just been like a days ago, honestly, and it's been the other way around. It's been like the Celtics knocking down the shots, Miami Heat missing. You need a, just a, a, a pure Jimmy Butler game, and we haven't seen that in, like, what, since game, like, one. I don't even know. It's been, like, maybe game two, but it's just True. like, yeah. when, he, when he have, like, six deals or some shit like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, we, we need a, a Jimmy Butler game to get them over the hump. Six deals, he had the three. Was that over Brogdon? I I, that's also when I'm happy. Uh, the last couple of games, Jason Tatum is guarding Jimmy or Jalen Brown will get matched up on him. I never understood those first couple of games where it's like down the stretch, Malcolm Brockton, you guard him. Derek White, yeah, it's like Derek and Jimmy Butler is literally just schooling there. <laughs> it's embarrassing them. So yeah. it's great what defender Derek White is. Sometimes he does just with the bigger guards like Jimmy's or like we saw last year with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, they, they just so much bigger and stronger than him. He's like yeah. a six four guard, and these are six seven, six eight wings. And Jimmy Butler is so good; he's gonna fight to that contact. Yeah, he's so strong. Like, Jimmy he Butler's strong in the pain. He, he had a dunk. Was that the last game where Derek White chased him down? Oh yeah, and yeah. fouled him, and he still. I'm like, damn, like that was a lot of contact, and he was still was able to finish. It's gonna be interesting, man. I, 
I hate to say it, but D Mills line about the role play, the role players playing better at home. I not that they playing better at home, but it, to me, that's what it's going to be about, and it's always what it's about. But are we going to get a Duncan Robinson game tonight? Is Kyle Lowry going to have a that's game all where it he takes. hits three threes? I think that's all um, it really takes. Is Cody Zeller going to come off the bench and get you four offensive rebounds? Or is Garrett, Grant Williams going to do that? Or is Grant Williams going to hit a couple threes? Or is Derek White going to have another night? Um, that's what I'm looking for. I think whoever wins tonight, they have to have an X factor, whether it's Caleb Martin. At this point, Caleb Martin is not even an X factor, but Max <laughs> Struess, Caleb Martin, somebody, Kevin Love. Well, Gabe Vincent just miraculously just have another 17-point game and just look yeah. good. I mean, am I – I'm thinking that Eric Spoelstra already kind of is like heading that direction. He knows, obviously, Jimmy Butler. He's you know depending on Jimmy Butler to do what he does. I feel like he's got to get Max shoes going or one of these shooters going, and he's gonna have to try to get that going in like the first quarter. So. And what's gonna happen with that is that what's gonna help that is if Jimmy is aggressive and going out and being like that forty point guy yeah. that's crazy closeout <laughs> game because then they're gonna double him. Now you're swinging yeah. the ball around. Miami moves the ball very well. They, they will make that extra pass yeah, every time, yes. and they will find Max Struess for that's open That's another looks. thing about that that Celtics defense that I was not feeling. is just like at points they were letting anybody walk past them. Yes. It didn't matter if it was Jimmy Butler or, or Duncan, Duncan Robinson. Robinson. Like you said, they've been doing a lot better job at that, but the, he has shown that they could they can do it. They that's, really, that's why I like the point that you made about the switching and fighting uh, on a certain thing. They, they'll still switch. Mm-hmm. But if it's it's if they have to, the thing about switching defense is you have to constantly communicate um, nonstop because if me and you are switching and we just did it the last two plays and then it's one play, I'm like, oh, okay, are we going to switch? Mm-hmm. But you had fought through, so you may not want to switch this, but, not, but we both still win and now somebody is open in Miami Heat. Like you said, the ball movement hurts the switches because it makes it a scramble defense all of a sudden. We switching and switching and switching, yes, but this they, certain defensive possession, we may not need to switch because I fought through or he didn't scream me as hard, but you still in your mind on switching. Or this one play, we didn't switch on the last one, so now you think we're not switching no more, and we both go into the screener, and now the guy's open for a three. So it's just it's, – it's, I love the way that they've been defending. I'm rooting for them to win. I don't know what there. type of shit y'all on. They're the but favorite. To have, to have a team come back from 3-0 as a basketball talking person, talking head, I want that. I want. I don't know why anybody who's not a Heat fan wouldn't want that. That like our my our job would be fantastic to be able to get here and talk about a potential game seven where Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Bam, Jalen Brown, all of these guys got to go throw it out in Boston, and we either gonna have a, a tremendous downfall and a tremendous come up. Or a bunch of shit that was wasted for no reason, <laughs> but it's theatrical. It's it's it, it's it is theatrical. It is theatrical at this point. I think it would be good, but like I said, this is a series for it. I mean, what what were they the the two seed? Yep, the two seed versus eight seed. So yeah, it's been so magic for the eight seed that I don't know. I feel like it, it's just be like the the story that caps it off if they just kind of like finished it off and went to the finals. One thing the Celtics have done is that in those first three games, they did a lot of crying. They was crying for every call. They was going to the basket, falling on the ground. Now the Heat four on five, trail threes. Like they they fucked themselves over for the, for the first three games just by crying to the refs alone. And now they just decide they're gonna come out and hoop because you can't really just sit up here and cry to the refs the whole time. Sometimes you just gotta put it on yourself. Yeah, just, I remember Marcus Smart was doing a lot of that, and I I felt like 
He, he could have. Did he get attacked one of those games? But I was like, it feels like he's trying to get his team riled up. It seemed up. like, yeah, he was like, on that Draymond Green type shit, but yeah, it really he was wasn't. trying to get his team riled up. But again, he was complaining to the refs. It's not like he was barking at Jason Tatum or something. Yeah, and honestly, that barking to the refs shit, it, I don't. Why would that even fire I'm up your I'm sick of teammates? people talking about the calls and the refs are deciding the games, bro. It's it's so many other factors. I, I think the ref shit stands out. But it's too many plays to look at where it's team-oriented and team-based that you are losing a game than to, to say it's the damn refs and they missed yeah. a call. Miami beat them on offensive glass. They almost, I mean, uh, Boston beat Miami on offensive glass. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami almost doubled the Celtics in turnovers. I think it was like nine and sixteen. Miami did get to the free throw line less, but that's what happens when you turn the ball over and kind of have a discombobulated half or start to the game. And then yeah, that was just moments where they was getting their ass kicked, and you know they had to throw in like Hayward Highsmiths and Duncan Robinson for thirty minutes. No disrespect to them, but they kind of they kind of threw that tile in, especially when when Caleb. I mean. Gabe Vincent got hurt. One thing I do respect about both teams is they fight, they 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 fight and they play. Um, I know the Celtics had quit in one of those games where they had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the bench early, but I was watching this game like, damn, why the fuck is Jimmy playing? This game yeah. is over. Why is Jimmy still in the game? You know what I mean? So um, he gonna try. Jimmy's gonna try regardless. What y'all expect from Bam tonight? I'm I'm expecting a very good game from Bam. I'm expect. I think he's gonna look at that last game and think he's much better than that. And I think he's gonna give us a good twenty five and ten, look eight assists. Twenty five and ten. Twenty five and ten. That might be like a plus at least seven fifty in the parlay. <laughs> I, I would say I think he he gonna need at least twenty. I feel like it's so hard to tell with Ben because it's some games he be going crazy and other games it's like holy shit, Ben. But he what doesn't have do? one of those holy shit. Like last game was like probably the last like. Holy but it wasn't shit, even man. a holy. I feel some of it was holy he ain't shit. Twenty five and ten in this series either. <laughs> Another is just like it's fucking Al Horford and Robert Williams that's playing very good defense on him too. Yeah, Al Horford, you got to give him credit. Old as he, old as a dinosaur he is, he still got some of that tank. Yeah, he did a great job on Joel. So when you can guard Joel, it's not really many people you can't guard. The only thing I say is, yeah, last game Bam had zero free throw attempts, Mm. and he took fifteen shots. He tried to get to the rim at least, but I don't know. Sometimes, those, sometimes you gotta bounce back. Don't go your way. Uh, before we switch topics, big X, biggest X factor for both of these teams in these last two games. Uh, Max Struess. Max Struess has been a big reason why they are in this situation. Uh, so I'm gonna need him to continue with it. And Derek White, they need that consistent perimeter three point shooting from him. And if not, then that allows the Heat to probably like sag off him a little bit, double, make it hard for Tatum and Brown. Just your shooters got to be able to shoot. And I know what I'm. I feel like I know what I'm getting from Caleb Martin at this point. Yeah, last three games, Struce is four of seventeen from three. See, yeah, he too good of a shooter for me. Versus the two, the first two games, he was five of ten from three, shooting at a fifty percent clip. Now mm-hmm. he's kind of hitting a rough, rough patch. Yeah, shooter's gonna shoot though. You just, I don't know. He's due. I would just say he's due. Yeah, yeah and if it's any, if anything, it's probably gonna happen tonight at home. Yeah. Um, I would say Kyle Lowry. They, it just seems like when he's giving you some work yes. too, it just feels like holy. It, it feels like one of the moments like this shit is too much. Like, okay, we know Jimmy and Bam go do their thing, but now it's Kyle Lowry too. So I'm gonna say him. And then off the uh, for the Celtics, 
I'm going to say the two stars. I think their energy just kind of like flows throughout the roster. If they're like not, you know, if they don't come out with the right intensity, I feel like the Celtics just come out flat. So I'm yeah. going to say the, the Jays for the Celtics. Yeah, we saw that in um, what game three where Marcus Smart was the only one that seemed like he was playing with energy. and Tatum and Brown still kind of just – like their energy still wasn't there, so then they end up losing by almost 30. Like they definitely had to come out and punch first. Because the Miami going to come out and punch. Jimmy is going to come out and show his Everybody ass. got a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> that sounds like such an old hiss. It is. It's literally, that's a saying. Oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was what, Mike Tyson? Uh, oh, that was Mike I think Tyson. I heard Mike Tyson say it before. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it comes from like boxing or fighting. It's like everybody got a game plan until you get hit in the mouth. You know exactly yeah. what you would do if me and you was in a fight, but, but I was watching. Hit, ooh, I was watching. Like, hit, you like, I was watching. Yeah. Uh, you seen the movie The Harder They Fall? It's got like Idris Elba in it. It's got Jonathan Majors in it. I've it's never a cow- seen that, but yeah, I've heard. It's about a cowboy it. it's on with Netflix for a while. It's a it's a scene where it's a dude and he waiting on you know Idris Elba. His name like Rufus Buck or something. But he a bad mother. Rufus Buck a bad motherfucker. He waiting on him, and he in his head he's like, yeah. He said, "You thought you were just gonna come in here." And like you thought you were gonna take over my town? Now you better rethink what you you doing. And you got until I finish my state. They knocked on the door. They said he wants you downstairs. You know what he did? Got his ass knocked out. <laughs> the nigga who said you got, so I'm done with my state. Yeah, he, he, he was he was doing it in his head. He was practicing. He was practicing. He had his game plan, but that shit is not how it went. I agree with you though. My biggest X factor for the Miami Heat is Kyle Lowry. I, I I agree completely with what you said. Game one showed it. When Kyle Lowry is giving you anything, it's just like another fucking blow. He's already really good with the second unit. That's why it's big if Gabe Vincent plays or starts or whatever. Kyle Lowry is already good because he's just a compete uh, competitor. competitor. I was yeah, say competitor, competitor. He has the experience. He does the little things. I'll never forget the play he had when. He went and chased down Robert Williams, who ended up going one for one at the free throw line. Like that, that just hunger and fight. And I think he he gives them good control and good pace uh, with that bench unit and powers guys. So you take all of that, and now he's making shots, three threes in a corner. I mean, in a, in a quarter transition, pull up threes and shit like that. Now it's like holy shit! You got you already got to worry about Jimmy. You already got to worry about Bam. Now you got Kyle. I already got worried about uh, Caleb Martin. Now yeah, now you worry about Kyle Lowry, <laughs> Caleb Martin, and then you got the shooters running around. We're like Kevin Love, you can disregard, but he's still capable of knocking down shots. Max Struess, you don't have to give too much attention to, but he's still capable of knocking down shots. Duncan Robinson, and eh, he's capable of knocking down shots. So you got all of these three these motherfuckers who can go off and hit four or five threes in a game, and then on top of that, you got Kyle Lowry having a nerve to be running around this bitch. Letting it fly. The audacity of Kyle Lowry. That, that, Taking <laughs> a charge? Come on now. That's just another fucking fold. But I feel the same exact way for the Celtics with their X Factor and Marcus Smart. When Marcus Smart is making shots for them, it's just it just adds on to the fucking onslaught of what Jason Tatum, Derek White, or Jalen Brown is doing to you on offensive end. Marcus Smart is supposed to be heart and soul. He's supposed to be Draymond. He makes all of the little plays. He has the effort, and defensively, he's going to do that. You take all of those things, and on top of it, he's giving you three threes in a game. Like, imagine <laughs> Draymond. If if we watched the Warriors and we saw Draymond hit two threes, we like, oh, yeah, ain't no way in hell they losing. This I'm pretty sure their record hits, is crazy good. He, he just has to threes. hit one three. He just has right, to hit one yeah. three. And we so, like, holy shit, they got it this game. The last two games, Marcus Smart has had four 
and he has three. He's seven of 17 from three in the last two games versus the first three games. He was three of 10. Mm-hmm. He shot 30% through the first three games, and now he's seven threes last two games. So we go into today's game, and Marcus Smart give you another three threes or something like that. I just feel like that's just a that's cherry. another parlay right there, D Mills. Another cherry on top, man. It's just another cherry on top. But um, another thing that came from this series, and I know y'all saw the Eric Lewis shit. Oh yeah, I was I literally was just looking at that the tweets. Yeah, he got the, the burner, burner account. Yeah, I, the NBA is supposedly investigating this. Is that bullshit or is that right? I think it's bullshit. I think it's somebody that's posing as that type of shit because I, I remember that same shit talking about this the KCP burner or this yep. uh yeah Contavious Caldwell Pope burner it's just like people know what they're doing I didn't I, yeah. I, I didn't know that there was an issue with refs there's an issue with a ref having a burner account just like just talking you didn't see that it's basically like I think it was just like under a lot of like like uh, I saw tweets. the tweets but like he, I don't think he was saying anything terrible I mean he was just always def- <laughs> he was just always he was defending, always defending himself he was always, yeah, yeah. But I think he, I think in some of those tweets, he may have like shitted on. He may have said some shit where he was shit, like he was defending. And I think he may have said something. I didn't, I didn't read it all because, like I said, I didn't really. The thing I think is, kind of there's a conspiracy, not a conspiracy, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eric Lewis is a Celtic fan, or his family's a Celtic yeah. fan. Oh. So I believe in some of those tweets, he may have like shitted like. Uh no, them motherfuckers was just playing weak, or you know, he might have yeah. said some shit like that because I didn't read every single one because it's a whole profile. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But um, you seeing anything? Uh, let's see, what is this? I know he just said I don't think he was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was the problem. That motherfucker just couldn't bad basket tonight. But yeah, he's a Celtic fan. There's pictures of I him see, and his yeah, family. I seen the I seen the Celtic shit before. Which I don't think is a problem. He could be a Celtics fan. I feel like there's Lakers be- are being swept by Eric Lewis, and then this account says, "Don't think he was ever the problem." <laughs> also, if you had if you had to think so, and like the refs in the NBA, because a lot of these dudes are like thirty and are like these are older dudes. You don't think they have like families that are sports fans at all? Exactly. So it's like they're gonna be a fan of a fucking team. And I guess people are saying that LeBron is zero and eighty two against Eric Lewis. Eric Lewis. How the hell you mispronounced Lewis? So you believe anything, bro? That's not a stat. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's kind of weird to think that there is a burner account defending Eric Lewis, Eric, Eric Lewis, but like, I don't know. It is kind of crazy. Um, I'm just gonna say this: we probably should have said at the top of the show, but assuming the diehards are already, you know, making it to this point. We do have the information for the Miami show. It's going to be Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. June 15th. Doors open at 5.30. Show is at 6, 6 p.m. It's at Oasis Wynwood. Yeah, so all of that is going to be updated. Y'all can be able to go to that link in the description. RSVP Miami. We on the way June 15th. We turned. That's a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. It is. So check y'all calendars and y'all schedules and clear out all of the dates so you can meet us. At the Oasis, you said? Yep. Whatever Windwood, it's called. It don't even matter. Oasis, it'll be Oasis Winwood. It'll be in the, the, the shit. But be ready to come meet us. Um, we turn. We lit. Yeah, Another thing be in I want to say on top of that, though, is, and I appreciate the love, you cannot keep asking us for date. We we know we announce it when we know. I keep getting DMs constantly <laughs> like, hey, do you know when y'all coming here or ever? They be asking when you leaving out. I be like, damn, what you trying to meet me at the airport? It's like, 
we couldn't. People kept saying, "We know y'all coming to Miami. What's the date? What's the date?" I don't know, so mm-hmm. I can't tell you a day if I don't know it. It's yeah. like people not. Uh, I heard y'all coming to Toronto. What, what, what do you know? Do you know? I don't know. Or, or we would announce it. Like I literally can't tell you anything, and it'd be the same people yeah. asking the same. Like I, I literally don't. I don't know what you want me to do. So there's the day for Miami. When it's when we have the other June information 15th. for anything else, we're gonna drop it. But um, June fifteenth. And yeah, Eric Lewis, the burner. Some of the shit that the burner is saying, it, I just don't think Eric Lewis would be talking like that. Saying, "Bruh," I think I think the NBA has to realize that social media is a lot more smarter than they think. So mm-hmm. there's somebody out there that's smart enough to fucking pretend to be the burner of a random ass referee yeah. just to cause conversation. Because, yeah, it don't make sense to be LeBron's burner. So, shit, I'm going to be Austin Reeves or I'm going to be Max Christie burner and act like I'm shitting on my teammates to get attention. Yeah. The account was made in 2015. So, I don't know. That's a long time. You follow That's him? it. No. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> you talking about that, that Eric, Lewis, Eric, yeah. Eric Lewis burner? Yeah. You oh. fucked up Lewis, too. He was talking about this shit. <laughs> how you fuck up Eric. If I see your, your account was made in 2015, I think you're somewhat OG on Twitter. If your shit says like 2020, I'm like, oh, okay. You just made this mo. Like when was yours made? made? I think it was like 2012, 2011. I should say January 2009. Yeah, let's see what mine's saying. OG's a Twitter right here. I was made in. You were made? August 2009. Okay. How many, tw- how many tweets you got? Uh, I don't think question. it says. It does. You have to scroll. You got to scroll down a little bit on your yeah, main page. 46.7K. Damn, you have 46,000? Where you see this at? So, like, you go to your profile. I'm on it. And then scroll up. Just scroll up a little bit. I have, no, like, no. I have 11.4,000 tweets. right in the top left. Oh. Yeah, 60,000. <laughs> 70,000. Ain't no fucking way. 100K? <laughs> Bro, what's the fucking number, though? I have 111,000. Damn. Crazy. That's fucking insane. <laughs> Let's see how many KB has. That he only has thirty four thousand tweets, but that's, that's still second, three times. That's his second account. Yeah. Oh yeah. Y'all have is. been through accounts. Yeah. I've had this one account. I've had. On, I've only had one account yeah, too. I basically. Account. Yeah, I had two accounts, but I, I don't know. I probably got like a thousand tweets on another account. You know, I've only had one account, and so this is. That yeah, 45, I was I was one of the first people in like my friend group to be on Twitter. I was on Twitter extremely early, two thousand nine. I had just started high school, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, so I've been on my shit active for a long time because oh, it was new. It I was just came new. across Cone's account. Mm-hmm. He made his account in 2016. He already has 112,000 tweets. Shit, holy fuck! That's such fuck a small, shorter span for he 100,000 tweets. Seven years after, and he has the same, more tweets than me. Yeah, that's that's a lot of. That's fucking making tweeting. me. <laughs> Boy, this guy, he got them Twitter, them Twitter fingers. I'm also, he's probably like me. I'm also a person that, like, on my birthdays, I used to say thank you to literally every fucking body. Yeah. Oh, hey, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, thank That's you. A, appreciate thank that you. That little BS shit. Uh, fan interaction. I was also like, when the we first started, interaction. I would literally reply back to everybody. Hey, man, the Knicks suck. No, they don't because blah, 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 blah. Da, da, da. I got so many discussions and shit about music, sports, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How many tweets? Lil B has 266,000 tweets. Damn, that seems like not as much as you I said. Two hundred sixty-six thousand. Yeah, but he I might. think Lil B don't tweet as much. He be tweeting. Well, I take that back. He used to because he be tweeting. I don't know who he does now. Girls. So I yeah. know 
So I miss it on Tuesday. I, I'm assuming y'all talked about the Lakers getting their ass bust or whatever like that. Oh, yeah, I forgot you. Go ahead. How, how the, I got other shit to talk about, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's been, honestly, I'm going to keep it short because it's just whatever at this point. It's already a couple of days. No, fuck I think <laughs> it, blo- it pisses me off that we don't have no more. Ba- like yesterday, it was no basketball. The, yeah. And the Lakers could have just fucked. Just fu- That's have to what I'm saying. Right. It, yeah, yeah. I had a. I don't have no more Lakers chains I could do no more because they out. But in all honesty, I think it was a good season. It, it was. was. It was a good season. I think it would be greedy to be like, man, we could have been to the finals all that. I got to be, you know, happy what we had. Good season. I just kind of, I kind of want to talk about the LeBron retirement shit. Let's talk about that. It's one of my notes in my phone. Um, I he's gonna play next. I, I have no doubt that he's gonna probably play next year. Yeah, the it's rumor true. is that he can. He's, he's gonna fulfill his contract. Yeah, yeah, he's going to do that. And he got the, the option after the year after, which I'm pretty sure he's probably going to – I don't know if he's going to take it because he's probably going to go play with Bronny. Yeah. Let's play with Bronny. But in my head, I was just also thinking because people have been asking me, like, you know, with all the LeBron, like, age shit and, like, how many years he's got to, uh, left to play in the NBA. I really think if he wanted to, he could do that Tom Brady shit. He could really just keep playing. Oh, for sure. LeBron has think- a lot left in the tank. He just showed us he dropped 40, 10, and 9. Yeah, I'm. I mean, in the last fucking game. Yeah, yeah, but how many thirty-eight year olds are but, dropping those kind of stuff? And it's like I wish, cause like part of me is like, I think that's like Kobe sixty. Kobe had sixty on the way out, but that wasn't an indication that he should have played for four. Yeah, cause I think it comes down to like what LeBron thinks about like how he wants to approach the game. Cause he could be, if he really wanted to, and he's getting to that twentieth career, he could be a fucking role player off the bench. For as long, probably a decent amount of time. I think LeBron will probably for always be a starter. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be better than a lot of the people in your roster. If he's in my, this is also just like me assuming or whatever. Who he is, who he is, is going to be, be the best player on your roster. Yeah, because like if he, am I? Is he, if he's hooping at forty two years old, I don't even want to play no eighty two game season because I mean he's still at the for the most part he's probably thinking about the playoffs. I'm not saying ring chasing. But he, at that point, I would think he, like, in your career, you're kind of, like, more focused on that than his accolades. It's just He tough could go out and get him a six-man of the year if he felt like it. No, nah, I don't add think so. Two. I don't think so. I don't think, Why yeah, I don't think LeBron's because coming off the bench. he's never going to come off he the never bench. never going to come off the bench. Why are you no. saying that? LeBron's always going to be <laughs> the about second it, I don't his, his, team, his teams have literally, literally hindered because of his play style. When you go and play with him, that's the thing about LeBron. It's like, I think he could play for some years, too, but the thing of it is, is – how he plays and how he has to be, you know, involved. Yeah. It can hurt and affect other people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's the Tom Brady thing where like, yeah, he can go, but it's I, like, he has to be, when he's on the floor, he has to command the basketball. He is not, a, he's, he hasn't transitioned his game enough to where LeBron is going to be an off ball spot up shooter, mm-hmm. or he's going to be playing in a post. He has to be a point forward ish yeah. player. I would, I would Assume his role would be kind of like point forward. If he somehow, if he was or a role player coming off the bench, I would assume it would be a point forward rather than like him transition kind of like how Melo did to like more of a spot up right. or anything like that. I want to give some, I, it was a long time ago, but it was just talking about like, I think I'm talking about the Knicks and just how Patrick Ewing was getting up there in ages. Like the, one of the hardest things to do as a franchise is to deal with those aging stars because you're so much, you want to give them so much respect and obviously deserve it, but it's like it's just a twin transition to a, like you said, say he's on a team that he's demanding the ball a little bit, but they're also trying to get their young guys going. Or you, or it's not even that they want to get the young guys going. 
you may have somebody on a team who may be better with the ball. Yeah. So I, if the I Lakers think, went out yeah. and got Kyrie Irving, or if they didn't get Kyrie Irving, but it's like, how how are we leveraging it to the point where we're showing LeBron respect and he's able to be LeBron, mm. but we also got this guy who at this point may be better to have the ball in his hands down the stretch of a game. For and sure. I think yeah. that's the that's the thing that uh-huh. the we've seen in these latter years of like the Lakers can't just go get Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. because he still has to coexist with LeBron. And even though LeBron is older and you want to just let him coast, it's like when he does come back to the team, you now have Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis on the floor together, and that spacing and that how are you operating it? The LeBron James teams have always needed specific pieces around him to fit how he wants to play. And, and this is how I feel. Just But like, it used to be acceptable because LeBron was in his prime and he could carry you through a season. He can lock up the t- other team. He's not doing that anymore. I mean, I've seen it kind of gradually build up over the course of the years. It's like you don't want LeBron to constantly bring the ball up because, I mean, if I'm on defense and I'm a co- like a defensive-minded coach, I'm thinking, like, make him work up the court every time. Yeah. Why not? And it just got to the point where it's like, damn, LeBron, you – Damn nigga in the eight-second violation because the nigga pressuring you at the ball. Like uh, that's something else also in the NBA without that it's a pet peeve. The, what the eight second? They just yeah, they just play with it so much. Oh yeah. I know. I wish they would enforce like the offense this shit. Doesn't... That's what I'm saying. I wish they would it's enforce it. It's a lot of times like... the guys get over and he try to hurt my step his foot yeah. over. What took you so long? <laughs> you just casually just yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's like the I, I wish they would like start like the 14-second mark. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> I, if I was a ref, I did this would be looking at this. I'd be wanting to call that There's shit. A lot on the of times I watch and I'm like, 15. Was that not eight seconds? Yeah, because yeah. I, I immediately look at it. as soon as they hit that six second or, or sixteen seconds on the shot clock, fifteen seconds. I'm looking at they cross that line. It's like they were talking about it on the broadcast and maybe earlier one of these series. It's when it hit fifteen. It's when it hit fifteen. Yeah, they gave him an like extra second. For what? These eight, eight <laughs> seconds have to go by. Yeah. I used to think shit. If it's twenty four yeah. to sixteen is eight, but the eight second has to go by. Oh, because yeah, like what? Unless when you, even when you being pressured, you just turn a motherfucker go up the court. They literally even guys who ain't even being pressured just walking, casually walking, walk casually yeah. walking and the ball. All of a sudden, it's like oh shit, what? let me try to go. And they'll be realizing too. They be grabbing the rebound. It'd be an uncontested rebound. Grab it down. Look around for two seconds, then I'm gonna start casually dribbling up the ball. You already wasted like a second and a half. For sure. How do y'all feel about them rolling the ball and just letting? I don't it, mind that. I don't yeah, care. I don't either. I don't Especially if the clock's rolling and the other teams just not gonna come up and make you. Hey, you get it, man. Don't roll. No, the the clock, the, the game it, clock rolls, but the shot clock doesn't. It depends on no. what. It depends how. When it depends how the ball has been taken if out. If it's a dead ball, if it's a dead it, ball and it stops, it stops. If, yeah. If it's so after if, a made basket, the clock will still. Yeah, the clock will still run. The okay. clock will still yeah. run. Yeah, but I think the shot it's like clock SB. doesn't. But I don't think nobody rolls it for that purpose. They roll it just to let the clock run. Just to let the time. I think I think they do they roll it so that the shot clock don't start and so the game clock don't start. Because if I want to waste time, yeah, yeah. But that, I see what you're saying. I see it goes both ways because I. For the dead ball, the time stops. So I think it, it can go either way. Yeah, yeah, it can go either way. I I seen uh, KB was getting mad because Jeff Van Gundy was getting mad at. Yeah, it. Jeff Van Gundy be getting pissed at that stuff, bro. <laughs> I, I think it's honestly, I mean, if you're up and you got time to waste, and the shot clock and the game clock's moving, I, I don't care. The other yeah. team, they gonna do something. About it. Please go do something about I, it. Man. I get it from a loser standpoint. We want to preserve as much time. But if I'm winning, what am I scared? Just take time of the clock, cause I mean, time is time is not. If time I'm winning, is the most valuable team to the losing I, yeah, team. Yeah, if time is if I'm winning and time is 
You know, time is on my side. It's not on their side. So them losing Man, that I'm time. Hooping. Get your team set up. Get, I mean, I catch your got, breath a little quick. Gotta, catch your I, breath. I, get I your offense sh- set up. I ain't got to shoot it in, in, in two seconds, but shit. I ain't get your breath. Get y'all. That's, I feel like that's some old head shit to do. Yeah. Just, just like them little tricks, like catch your breath, get the yeah. offense going. I remember you seen that shit with Brian. Who was it? I think Kevin Durant shared it, and Brian was like, "Oh, that's true as hell." He's like, "This that old hair move." Oh, you he act, act like, like you tired. You act like you tired. You and take that breath. Yeah. And you go. I'm at the steal there. But no, I feel you though. That's um, we were talking about LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. I think the retirement shit was cap. Oh yeah, for oh, for sure. he's playing with he's playing with Bronny. He's playing with Bronny. It's, it's so no evident, way. right? It's so evident. But then they asked him, he said, that may not be Bronny's best. Like, that that might be my best interest, but that may not be Bronny's best interest. Which I agree with. Yeah. You're going to come into his whole, <laughs> his whole identity is going to be I ain't gonna lie. spotlighted by you. It'd be raw as hell if they, they check it into the game together. I ain't going to lie. That would be a dope ass It'd be raw as hell to see them go against each other, too. Yeah, that's They don't true. have to be on the same team. And I do agree with Bron in that, that sense of, like, yeah, Bronny going to finally make it have his own moment, which you going to join a team, and it's going to be all about <laughs> you now. It's like he ended up trading Bronny down the stretch like this. And out of front office, cut. like, okay, how can we construct this roster to make us compete for a championship? <laughs> and the, but the funny thing I will say is, based off what I've seen from Bronny so far, he is the type of guard that would compliment LeBron. He can play on the ball, off the ball. He defends. He can get out in transition and run and finish above the rim. Like, that's the type it, of guard. It gets to that point. Like a D'Anthony Melton. At what point did you think, like, as a franchise, we're just saying we, we'll 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 take you in, LeBron. We're not building around because you, you're 40 years old at this point. Oh, any new team that he would go to. Right. If I'm any team and LeBron is like, okay, I'm done with the Lakers for whatever mm-hmm. reason, mm-hmm. I'm not bringing him in to him to be the centerpiece. But that's the dangerous thing about LeBron is there's, he don't know it no other way. So yeah, how I do you get him? I don't see a world where he don't get a max either. Yeah, no, I think because it's not even like his matches pro- pro- productivity, the popularity. But it's just like, yeah, it's just like it's not even worth it. his time if it's not a max. And so. he knows how much money he's gonna bring to your organization. Mm-hmm. It's those not, tickets yeah. are gonna sell. And, and so you already yeah, entering your damn roster because it's like your jersey gotta, sales about to go crazy because I'm now here. But at the same time, for me, mm-hmm. how valuable is that in the sense of winning? Because you got to think about it. You are going to have to strip your roster. You are going to have to go out and find specific pieces for LeBron. And at this stage in his career, is that the formula when you look at the Lakers' success? No. So it's no disrespect to LeBron, but I think smart teams will stay away unless you already got an infrastructure. Unless you're the Warriors who got Steph, Clay, and, and, and fucking Wiggins, and Draymond leaves or something, you'd be like, hey, LeBron, you want to come over here and fuck with us? I ain't doing it. I'm not finna be Charlotte. Like, LeBron, come on. Come on, Bron. Come play in Charlotte. We're going to build this around you. Like, no. Or who else? The fucking. Uh, the Spurs. Yeah, Houston, Houston Rockets. Spurs. Yeah, say, fuck on. it. We ain't get James Harden. Hey, we get LeBron James. We're going to get you anything you want. Come come do. Mm, them days is over. I think you would have to already have something built. And I think that's why the Lakers are doing what they do because you already have the pairing of him and Anthony Davis. Um, and Anthony shit, Davis, now Austin Reeves. Y'all think Anthony Davis will ever officially take the keys? I think he did already. You think he did? He it's was his playoff run. It was him. He was our best player. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's just it's always gonna be the name shit with LeBron James, for sure. no matter what. And his leadership, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anthony Davis obviously looks at LeBron as like an older brother and a leader, um, in that standpoint. But I definitely think, as far as production, performance, and value, Anthony Davis is definitely 
taking the keys, especially after yeah. this postseason. I want to ask the same type of question to you. Um, the Portland Trailblazers, and I know we've talked about it, and it's going to be an ongoing conversation, but it's like they keep talking about this third pick. Yeah. And the more they talk about it, the more it makes it seem like they're not going to trade it. They just said something like they would want an elite player in return, and it's just like there's no elite players available. Yeah, and that's honestly the direction. That's how the front office should think. Because I hope they don't go out here and do some dumb right. where they traded for a Siakam. Not saying Siakam is a bad player. It just keeps you in the same. Yeah, you're not gonna get any better. So you might as well just take your young guy, B. Miller, or the Scoot, or whoever else, whoever you think is valuable enough to come in, and then you just you just run with it. I know Dame hasn't requested a trade, so they're gonna keep playing with that. And then don't trade Shaden Sharp either for some bullshit either. So just just stay pat. And if something comes available, yes, you act on it. But right now, just take your pick, develop. Maybe Dame eventually be like, all right, it ain't shit here. You're going to get three, four first-rounders for him probably. And then – Depending on how long he comes to that conclusion. Yeah. Dang, that, every year they go by, it's with like one less draft pick. Because <laughs> he just got yeah, that much yeah. older and he that much closer to that, you know, outlandish-ass price tag that's at the end of these contracts of guys like him, Jimmy Butler, um, and who else? Somebody else got like a crazy kind of like that. Like one of those last year, these dudes are making 55, 60 million. Isn't it Giannis? But Giannis ain't old. I'm but yeah, yeah. like older guys. Oh. I can't remember. Maybe it's Bradley Beal. Oh, yeah, Bradley Beal. Bradley like, Beal signed that deal. The last yep. years of those contracts, if y'all look at them, it's like 55 or 60 million in one year. Yeah. <laughs> that used to be like three years of a motherfucker's contract. Now yeah. those guys are going to be getting that at 38, 39. I, for me, I would have to start. They, they, they should start thinking about front-loading it. Let me pay Damian Lillard 60 million right now. I want to pay him while he's the most valuable. I don't want to have him at 39 and pay him, but I know the way that the CBA is, the fucking the cap. Yeah, it goes up. You probably up. can't. Yeah, it goes up, so you can't give him a six. But, you, they, yeah, it's 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 they, they should create some rules because I think that's kind of unfair to organizations because, yeah, you have, you have to pay them for the money to go up, but that's when they're going to be the least valuable. Yeah. I'm paying him at 39 years old, $60 million. Nobody's going to want him. He's not going to be as valuable to us, and it's going to just put our team in a fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. And even if and even if Damian Lillard was playing at thirty nine, he might be a solid player, but it it makes him have to go retire earlier because he's not going to have that value. Yeah, and so, I think that's similar to like a what a maybe like a John Wallish, how he was getting what almost fifty mil mm-hmm. at the end of his deal, and but nobody really wanted. Yeah, yeah. So they either have to get released and play for nothing, or it's like. You just like there's a lot of players, and I get it. They're getting paid, so who really cares? But I think a lot of players they get looked at, and their value drops based off what they make. We've had this conversation with Tobias Harris so yeah, many times, for sure. Tobias Harris is a great player if he's making fourteen million dollars a year, but because he's making close to thirty and one of the top <laughs> yeah. players, you like there was that. a lot of. Uh, I mean, uh, Russ started playing better once he got to to the Clippers, and people Facts. were talking about like, oh, you shouldn't make the trade or whatever. I'm like, first of all. Russ was just, he's going to look better because he's just in a better situation. Second of all, it wasn't even just trading away Russ. It was the alleviation of trading in Russ that we was able to bring in three, four players for him. We was able to get off a $50 million contract. If he was on a $10 million deal, shit would have might have been great for him. And he would have been able to have more shooting and stuff he like that. If he was on a smaller deal, it might have been a perfect situation for him in L.A. too. So I just think the Clippers also just have everything that Russ needs, and they, they seem like they're trying to, like, 
they like believe in him a little bit more. I think it's also the the friendship with him and Paul George too. Yeah, and which Kawhi. Is like, and it was new. Yeah. Whenever you come out of something, you're trying to go into your your new situation. You know, your best version. Because and that shit was right down the street too. Yeah. You know, he's going. He had to get uh, that revenge. They Say was it. trying. They was trying to get Demar Derozan, Kawhi, and PG. Going back to uh, they be needing help. The yeah. Portland Trailblazers, though. Yeah. I hope y'all don't trade that pick. I'm I'm in agreement with you. I I don't see what's wrong with bringing in Dame and just keeping the, and keeping that pick as well. Yeah, and for I, me, I just feel like Dame has shown that you could develop with me. Yeah, yeah, he's shown that he's willing to let everybody flourish around him. He's not like a LeBron where it's hard to develop a young guy with LeBron, obviously, unless you're like Austin Reeves. But I think Brandon Miller, Shaden Sharps, Anthony Simons, the CJ McCollum we saw, you can come in and still get your shit off with Dame. It's not gonna hinder you. Oh yeah, he he just over the win. years too. He's been yeah. doing a lot better job. I feel like we talked about this, but like he just know he can get people involved a lot better, and like he's good at deciding like, oh, now it's my time to take over. So I think that's where that just like he'll let you go crazy. He'll let Anthony Simons have a, like his thirty point game, but when it comes down to that name, he banging that watch when his name sure. playing. I just think that the only dangerous part is just getting the the, the guys the in the same position. Yeah, so yeah. there is a world where the Hornets do take Scoop. Like that, that ain't no closed chapter where the Hornets are for sure taking Brandon Miller. They may just take Scoop because of the talent. They're just in a position to where they need supreme talent alongside Lamelo, and it's just like, hey, we're gonna take that guy that we think has the highest ceiling, and we'll just figure out how it's gonna work over the years. That's because honestly, I thought like the backcourt obviously be a dynamic, but I feel like the they just they're in a position where they don't really have shit. Exactly. They don't yeah. have shit. So, so you might as well just yeah, try to swing for swing for the fences for for the with the B mill. I feel like he's just got a he's got a higher floor. You know what I'm saying? But like you said, the, the higher ceiling for, for Scoot, I think is just crazy. You talking about the athleticism, how you can get that court that team up and down. Mm-hmm. I might I might look at that. I might and look then at that. if that's the case, Portland, you're right there number three, and you can get a six nine wing, something that Dame and the Portland Trailblazers have not been able to come across. Oh, you have uh, two of them. Offensive wings. And yeah, yeah. Now you got like two of them. I think you still have holes. You still need some depth. You're still going to be relying on youth. And obviously, those guys ain't going to be, you know, super seasoned to come right in and produce at the highest le- level. But you're still going to have talent. So and if you're Chauncey and you bring back Jeremy Grant, who's obviously probably going to start at the four, do you now start Shaden Sharp since he's been there for a year, or do you give it to Brandon Miller? Or I start both, and Anthony Simons is my sixth man. Oh, you start big. You go Dame, Baron and Miller, Shaden, Jeremy Grant. Shaden is my two. Brandon Shane. Miller is bigger than Shaden Sharp. Yeah, that thing okay. like six. Yeah. What is he, six nine? Yeah. Isn't Shaden uh, Shane Sharp like, like six, six eight? Oh, he's like six six. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought for sure he was like six eight. My bad. Yeah, he's six six. Okay. So yeah, you have Dame, Shaden Sharp, Brandon Miller, Jeremy Grant. And then whoever center is. Maybe Nurkish still. That would be contract. that would be the one thing I'm thinking about when trading a pick. It's like maybe you trade back with somebody. Maybe Orlando wants to move up to three, and you can get their six and eleven or something, or another thing out there to get off of Nurkic. Yeah, yeah. I would try to use it to get off Nurkic, but I still want to be in the lottery. Yeah, and I may. Yeah, like I think Orlando is a great team. Where like, hell yeah, Brandon Miller is 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 good, but the I could see the Portland Trailblazers also getting Jairus Walker. As a four, and now you you know he's a do it all power four can defend because they need that shit too. Yeah, they need some defense for sure, for sure, and he can do a lot uh, defensively for them in like a Draymond Green esque role, but a little bit more polished offensively. And um, 
Yeah, you, it, it also gives you the ability to get off Nurkic because they, they have to. I know that's Dame's See, guy, is, and he's important to Portland. This is where I feel like that those – it's just like that. Having that conversation is like a, just an extra year for Damian Lillard because we wouldn't expect him the next year, like this upcoming year, to win no championship with that, that type of team, especially if you draft. Yeah. So it's just like now we got to look two years into the future. But at the same time, Damian Lillard can't tell me his priority is to win a championship and he's staying on the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah. Know, he knows and is aware this organization is not in a championship window. It's not. So as long as he's staying, he can't say, oh, it's going to take me two more years because, motherfucker, if they if they said, fuck it, we're going to trade the pick. Right. And they can. They're not getting anything back in championship fashion. What are you going right. to get, OG Ananobi? Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like it should be more. Damn. So it's just because it's, it's a damn franchise player. You don't want to do Dame like 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 that. But that's what I'm saying. If but they don't want to do it and he don't want to get traded, fine. Stay. But don't think you have to trade the pick right. for some shit okay. that's only okay. going to get you the, three yeah. games better. I feel you. I feel you. If, we gonna, if you don't want to get traded, yeah. we gonna, You might have to ride out a couple years. You're going to ride it out. Yeah, just gonna, just like you've been doing. Just like you've been doing. We're going to try like our best said, to put the best Every talent. year taking away another draft pick. You could trade him. You could be in a better spot. That's what I'll be that's saying. The, that's the stuck and that's the the pimp stuck in a hard place. Or that's whatever why I don't you know why you're it. stuck. Yeah. You've tried and exerted every option for him. Right. He's came out and said, I am fine and aware with the organization having to do whatever is best for them. I'm just not requesting a trade. But if they did want to trade me, I'm going I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get traded. I'm team trade damn. They sit up here and act like they're in such this tough spot. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do if we have to trade Dame? But you're holding the franchise back. I'm I'm team tra- uh, trade Dame. I know they're talking about what spot he's going to go to. Who teams make teammates yeah. work. Teams make it work. Especially there's one team I would love to see him on. Teams make shit work. I would love to see him on Miami. I think that would be great for him. He'll go be behind a great coach and Eric Spoel, Jimmy and Bam. Yeah, they don't got a damn. But they don't have. They don't have the shit. They don't have the shit they to trade. So it's just like, Anybody, fuck. Yeah. But I feel like the team that would have the the Pelicans and the Knicks will probably have the best packages. When you talk about draft capital that you can get a return, mm-hmm. that would probably be the two teams. I, I just, I, I, it just seems players. like his whole fucking career has been a narrative around Damian Lillard. Kind of like after the first couple of years when Lamarcus Aldridge left or whatever, but it's just like he get him some help. He can't do it by himself. It's like, bro. I mean, most people can't move on to the next damn chapter. Only LeBron could do it by himself. I he, no, he's not doing it. Well, by not himself. not do it by himself, but he could he could get you to the finals. He can get you to the finals. That shit ain't by valuable. It's, yeah, it's winning. And even then, he wasn't getting to the finals by himself. He, he what did he do that shit like one year, two years? Yeah. And when he did, he did okay. Sure, he did with the Mo Williams team. They got swept by the Spurs. Yep. Uh, he did it uh, the last time with the Cavs when they in traded. 2018. When we, yeah. yeah. They got swept. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. The Damian Lillard shit, though, I'm with you, Mike. I, if I am the Portland Trailblazers at this point, mm. I am trading him. I am going to take my third pick, and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do with it. But I'm going to match that with trading him. Right. So now I'm going to have Anthony Simons. I'm going to have Shaden Sharp. I'm going to have Brandon Miller, hypothetically. And then I'm also going to have two, three future first round picks. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get players back as well. Damian Lillard is going to get you a couple picks and actual players. So if you trade him to the Pelicans, yeah, give me Dyson Daniels. Give me Jackson Hayes. And give me fucking. 
I'm trying to be realistic. Give me Herb Jones, and then I got my three first-round picks as well. So now I'm moving and grooving. I got me a little situation. You know it's just it just makes it a better situation for if you have so many young players and there's just even that love pressure. It's just like, man, Brandon Miller, he don't look as good because Scoot Henderson averaging twenty, but hey, he only got ten over there for Portland because it's just a limited role and he just had don't get that amount of touches. It's just now it's no pressure at all. Y'all could just go out there and hoop. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong being young, fun, sexy. Just that's the best way to be. It's either you competing. Or are you young and you fun? That's why I don't like what the Houston Rockers are doing, where it seems like they're kind of rushing it. They they haven't even ex- uh, like, they, they just need to just be young and fun. Why are you rushing this? They too damn to young. Hey, that's the yeah, issue. They was too. They was they was so dysfunctional. Just, the years that they were supposed to be fun, they had dysfunction. Yeah. So they they like shit. We we got a bad rap. You got Victor Wembanyama clapping that we didn't get the first pick because he don't want to be a part of this dysfunction. We got we just fired a coach. Because we, we lost when we knew we had a fucking garbage-ass team. You had <laughs> guys uh, leaving and not wanting to go in when Christian Wood and them guys on the team. Uh, it's just all type of shit going on. So it's like, let's let's resettle this and let's get some fucking Shane structure Goons back. getting benched, getting late in games. Well, that ain't going to matter because now, yeah, you, now got you got a different coach. Yeah. But I can see why they want to kind of rush the process because also James Harden is rumored to go back. So that speeds up a lot of shit. That speeds up everything in itself. Um, but, yeah, Damian Lillard signed to be traded, and it's the Portland Trailblazers need to not hinder their future. Um, I got this article. Shout out to BR from BR. Oh, before we dive into that, though, last thing, new new challenge rule. Y'all fucking with it? Oh, yeah. With I've the, been, I've been preaching for that. Yeah. successful, they get the second one. They're, yeah, no. Nah. Putting that in to happen. That's that's That was something I've been sense, preaching. Right? That's something I've been preaching for since they started the rule. You can't co- try to copy the NFL and then do it differently. Do it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. I lose my challenge after being right. That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> so, yeah, make that happen. Or just be right. Fuck. Don't make me have to use it. Yeah, he said fuck. Uh, this article is one ambitious free agent target for every NBA team. I want y'all to tell me thumbs up, thumbs down, how y'all feel about these names being linked with these teams. Remember, this is one ambitious this Andy Bailey? Who is this? This does seem like an Andy Bailey. It doesn't have a name. Oh, wow. It just says Bleacher Report NBA staff. So when it, says, it was the whole when it says, collective. When it yeah. says one ambitious, you, you're talking like well, this, is, this is like their top. This got to be like one of the top people on their, on their board then, right? The first one is Atlanta Hawks' Kevin Love. Mm. That's a little weird. Uh, not loving it, but no, nah, I'm not a fan of it. I just don't really – the need to get Kevin Love, you have like kind of like that. They're uh-huh. saying that the team's willingness to spin could take a hit because they have rookie scale extensions that they have to get Aneka Kongu and Sadiq Bay, which is why the Pistons traded Sadiq because now you got a, the extension. Do you have I mean, what do you think he's worth? Hasn't really shown too much, so they have they got shit that they got to pay, so they don't have the, the big budget to go. I know Kevin Love seems like damn Kevin Love, but they don't have the money to be like, oh, we're gonna get Jeremy Grant, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be a cool addition. Uh, he's shown some life for Miami, but again, people go to Miami and they just rejuvenate their career somehow. So I don't know if I can expect that same thing from uh, Atlanta at all. Boston Celtics, Lonnie Walker. I like it. A great, a good little score off the bench. I think every team could use a Lonnie Walker off their bench, honestly, especially yeah. from what he's shown us. Through small spurts with the Lakers, I think with a bigger role, more opportunity, Lonnie Walker could show you something. 
Yeah, I feel like that's just another team. He's probably going to get lost in the sauce soon. I would like to see him on the Cavs as well. I think the Cavs will be a good spot for him as well. Yeah, I don't know if I like the Boston Celtics one. You got Derek White, you got Marcus Smart, you got Malcolm Brogdon. He's going to get lost in it. It's going to be games he probably don't close out or he's not going to yeah. get a significant amount of minutes. It's going to be nice to have him. They're saying when a Boston Celtics offense turns out sickeningly and ineffective during stretches, the symptoms are always the same. Aimlessness, indecision, and an alarming disregard for ball security. Edge coach Zomazula's critics would suggest an occasional timeout as a course of treatment, but maybe an addition of head down, bucket hungry guard could also help. What are he gonna just fucking ISO with Tatum and yeah. Brown? Yeah. I, don't think that's, yeah. I don't think that's the answer for that. No. Um Brooklyn Nets, George Niang. Um the Brooklyn I mean, Nets plan to send multiple rangy wings at Joel and B worked well, but their first round series against Philadelphia, the strategy highlighted Brooklyn's wealth of defenders. It wasn't enough to avoid elimination. The Nets couldn't generate enough points on the other end. Yeah, okay. Yang yeah, doesn't. I can see what Yang they're trying to do. I, I guess, but Yang doesn't really help them produce many more points either. Uh, he, I can see what they're saying in like that. That wings kind of like how Toronto does. They have just a multiple of people that can play similar positions. George Yang is kind of like. You don't really think of him as like no lockdown or somebody who can do all that type of stuff, but if he can give you 15 minutes off the bench and he's doing in that like where he's switching everything and he can give you a couple threes, it could be worth it. It just says with the five million dollar tax player mid level exception likely to be their top spinning tool, it won't be easy for the Nets to address their scoring needs. So that's where it's coming from. Yeah. They don't they can't go out and make a big splash. Here now we start to really get some shit going. Cause I the first few names is like Charlotte Hornets, Chris Stapps Perzingis. If they could um, get him, it would be. I think that's that's a W for them. I think I, he seems like he's just cool to hoop. I don't think he has no like him being with the Wizards. I feel like he could do that shit with Charlotte and him having Lamelo too. It's a nice. He's got a playmaker. And it's just he could be the second option to go through. Yeah, I'm not mad at it, but I would still love to see him on like a like a competing team. That Charlotte team isn't competing for shit. I I, I, just, I think putting him in the mix with Lamelo, the second pick. Miles Bridges, uh, you still got Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. They got a lot. This team, don't forget, they were injury riddled. Yeah, they were injury riddled. Lamelo spent a lot of te- time on the sideline with that ankle injury. Yeah, they got some shit. If they if they can make an acquisition like this with the second pick, they got. I'm not saying they're gonna run off of, of an East, but I could definitely see this team being a playoff team if they were able to get Chris Stapps with already. So you would have, uh, hypothetically. You got Lamelo. You draft Scoot. You still have Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, um, Przingis now. Miles Bridges back. Mark Williams, the other big man, Nick Richards. Nick, yeah, it's some shit. Gordon it's, Hayward. It's some shit there. It is. It sounds sex, but I could also see that team just being really bad. Oh, I, I, yeah, to I, clear space for KP, the Hornets would likely need to renounce their rights on Kelly Oubre, so they wouldn't have Oubre and they wouldn't have PJ Washington. But shit, I would still do it. I would still be willing to bring back Lamelo, Scoot, Rogier, Hayward, uh, Bridges, Porzingis, and uh, the Bigs. The Hornets got some. I mean, I just I, I just need them to get back on track. I need them to have a just a healthy year because at least the years prior they just had like they a fun felt, team, yeah. but this team just it wasn't the same as yeah. much. I wish KB like, was might here. get a ter- Ke- Kelly. Uh, oh, I said Kelly Olynyk. Uh, Kelly Oubre or Terry Rozier game in there. I wish KB was here. Chicago Bulls. You a Bulls fan. Chicago Bulls. Gabe Vincent. 
So are they trying to address the point guard situation? The Miami Heat are right up against a luxury tax option without accounting for a single dollar going to Max Strews, Gabe Vincent, Kevin Love, Cody Zeller, uh, Omer, your seven, and Udonis Haslam. Though they have bird rights on Struess and Vincent, their top two retention priorities in that group of free agents, it simply may not be financially feasible to keep both. That's where the Bulls could swoop in and offer Vincent their full mid-level exception, which starts at $12.2 million and can run for up to four years with 5% raises. Chicago has Caruso, but that's about it in terms of reliable point guards. Kobe White will be a restricted free agent, and Patrick Beverly uh, will join Io on the unrestricted market. I mean, I would love to see them also. If they could re-sign Kobe White and bring in Gabe Vincent, I think that would be cool. But I I still think you – Kobe White showed you something last year. Um, I know you're still trying to get over that Alonzo thing, so I'm not mad at you bringing in Gabe Vincent. But, yeah, it is time to try to really address that PG spot and be aggressive with it because Alonzo, you, you can't wait on it. I would like it. I think Gabe Vincent kind of fits the mold of a bull. I don't know. I could just see him in that jersey. Cleveland Cavaliers, Harrison Barnes. I like it. I, I, I like it as, from the fact that he's a wing who could defend multiple positions, shoot the three ball. I mean, he ain't the sexy name, but I think Harrison Barnes is plays very good basketball. Yeah, I think, honestly, I really feel like Harrison Barnes is just cool, but that might be all Cleveland kind of needs for a small forward. also, board. Harrison yeah, Barnes cool. really doesn't play the three much. He plays the four. And now they have Evan Mobley. He he could play a three with them. Yeah. I think he could be be able to play a three with them. When Keegan Murray was playing, wouldn't you say he was more oh, yeah. three? Yeah. They also say Bruce Bryan and Josh Hart would be great alternatives here, but they're both younger and potentially in higher demand. Yeah, Josh Hart would be crazy. He's and Bruce he's Brown. Where the fuck he's at. Bruce Brown Bruce also Brown. will get paid. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Dallas Mavericks. Oh, Dylan boy. Brooks. Bring him in. Bring yeah. him in. He's literally exactly what you need. Exactly. Somebody, what they need. somebody who's gonna defend, and somebody's probably not. He's gonna shoot the ball every damn time when Luca passes the ball. And he also gives them like that grit and that toughness. Like, and he could just guard the other. He could do what Dorian Finney-Smith was doing a lot, and I, I think that would be really good for them. Nuggets. It's a player they already had, Bruce Brown. Dead. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Dead. I feel like they'd be stupid to kind of let him go. But like, his, his price tag might be a little high. They might not be able to because they do have three max deals on eight books. Yeah, without his bird rights or cap space, they cannot offer him more than $7.7 million Ooh, for next season. Shit. That's only a hair more than a mini mid-level exception. Oh, and yeah. frankly, He's nowhere near Brown's bid. actual market value. He has done everything from providing rim pressure to protect uh, to running point to checking some truly difficult difficult defensive assignments. Most of his utility has translated to the postseason. His slumping three point shooting now withstanding. Plenty of teams pinning the bigger mid level exception of like eleven point four million should be interested in his services. The Nuggets cannot compete with four year offers that approach fifty million or more. Their best contract will peak at uh, a notch above thirty million. Yeah, see, they, they're just going to get out price for him. Someone's going to pay him. It says, Denver just made it to the finals. It might win the whole damn thing. Maybe Brown pulls a Nicholas Batum and Bobby Portis Jr., signs for less next season, and then inks much a much larger deal using early bird rights in 2024. I could see that happening. I could you see win that. win a championship. Vibes is great. We're going to run it back, and then I could try to chase my bag. The only thing is... If he don't have the same type of year, his market completely crashes. His, or injuries, depending on who yeah. his agent is, he might say, "Hey, 
let's you got your ring, but now let's go get you. You know, what better year to go bring you a ring and get you a bag all in one year? Let's yeah. capitalize on it now. So, and or we could always do with fucking uh, what Gary Payton did: win a ring, get a bag, and then request a trade back. Right, to right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Detroit Pistons, Cam Johnson. I like it. Cam Johnson has shown you that he can really be like a good wing scoring, like young guy. He could put the ball on the floor. Cam Johnson is a guy, when he was playing with the Phoenix Suns, I was like, he deserves more opportunity. And he's shown us in in Brooklyn that if you give him more opportunity, he could be really good. So I do like it for them, and especially because they got rid of Sadiq. Now you get like a better version of Sadiq. Yeah, I'm fucking with it. I just like Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson just had moments in the playoffs. He was like, he holy shit. Nah, I messed with him. But like, I, I just didn't know where to play him. I just didn't know where to play him. It was one of them things. And I I feel like this could be a team thing for teams in real life. It's just like you feel like you should make a move, but just also you probably just shouldn't. You good where you at. But I like Cam Johnson for them. Hoop hypes Michael Skoda reporting NBA executives ex- expect Johnson to earn a deal in a neighborhood of four years, $90 million. Damn. Detroit could use his cap space stockpile to fire a four-year offer sheet worth well over a hundred million at the twenty-seven sharpshooter. The thing that they're saying is that the Brooklyn Nets—he's a restricted free agent, so test and see if they—they're willing to match. Oh yeah, um, his salary. The I mean, if they don't—if they don't get shit in, I guess they would. But it's also, do you want to spend all that money on Cam Johnson? I would like to see. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Indiana. I think Indiana would be a great fit for him as well. Yeah, any shooter that should want to go to Indiana. The Pistons already have Bojan Madonich earning twenty million next season, but nobody has ever criticized a roster for having too many offensive skill combo forwards. And Bogdanovich is also a guy that at any time could be moved. Uh, contending teams will want him. That's a fact. So I don't think he's a. But bat- the Pistons value him because they're trying to get to that next level. You said yeah. four years, a hundred million for Cam Johnson or something. I paid, four years, in, ninety. In two K, I paid him ten million. <laughs> But that's because two days. <laughs> and weren't you the Lakers? So yeah. you you had that Lakers privilege of being able to underbid players the and t- they still the, come. Two K is so weird with that because yeah, guys who get eighteen, nineteen million dollar contracts, you can sign them in two K for like five. They just haven't <laughs> really gauged with guys wanting a real salary cap type shit. I don't know. Free but they they, they, they did gauge the fact that if your city isn't a free agent destination, then guys probably won't agree to sign there. Or but it's it's all type of things. It's just value for each player. Mm. If you go in, there's like the market. Does he want to be a starter? The mm. city. It's it's a bunch of different things and the settings that you can put as a slider of what players value. Warriors. Tory Craig. I like seems it. like I mean, a warrior ass dude. Yeah, ain't got to spend too much time on that. Houston Rockets. James Harden. <laughs> Bro, this feels like <laughs> that same shit with the Knicks. Is like they're they're uh, connected so much and you hear this so much. It's like I'm expecting this shit to happen. I just feel bad game. for Joel. He really, he got two years of trying to run it with James Harden. After that shit with James leaves. Harden, if I'm Joel, I'm not thinking I could win that shit with James Harden. First of all, you got to, we talked about it, he got to look at himself too. But James Harden, didn't, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. I don't know yeah. why, but I, I just, I want to see James Harden with the Rockets. I don't care how the Rockets team look. I don't care about the Sixers. It just feels like wrong for watching him in different jerseys. The Brooklyn yeah. shit was nasty. The I told Philly you, that shit, shit nasty. Him in the different jerseys, like if he was in drafted in 2K, like in a fantasy. Yeah, it's like my team. Well, I I got the he probably one. also feel like I want to be back home. That's how, I feel like we also, players also probably had that same mentality where like Houston is probably home to him. Probably. It is. And, he got like yeah, it seven is. clubs there that he yeah, be going to every night. He, he's like the king of Houston. So like he can go there and do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> you glazing, you glazing. <laughs> 
The you taxes get. are way better. Hey, that's a favorite. <laughs> and it says Houston are on Houston Rockets are on track for nearly sixty million in cap space. Damn. And and like we just talked about with the Blazers, he would be doing the same shit Dame could do there. Yeah. You come in. I'm, yeah. Are, are we going to win a championship? No. But we're going to have fun. It's a nice young team. We got Jalen Green, Shingun, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith. It is. It's it's two ways that that can go. Those are going to jump up and soar, and we're going to get it in. Or we're gonna trade the ass because they're young. Are you giving him that two hundred million, two hundred million dollar contract? I have no other option. Wants? I have no other option. They already know what they're getting into. The Houston Rockets don't think they're gonna get him for a, a bargain. Yeah, no. That's their way. It's just two hundred million. Just you're, you're the king. This is your home, and we're gonna give you everything that you want. Those are that's how we get you. So he wanted four years, twenty mil. That was like fifty mil a year. Wait, wait, two hundred million. Two hundred mil, million. Four years, twenty mil. You just no. did the math. <laughs> no, no, no. Two hundred. You just did the math when you calculated fifty, a hundred, fifty. This is about about two. Yeah, I don't even know why I did. Hey, math on that strong suit up here. Um, fifty million is crazy for Harden, but it's not crazy for Damian Lillard though. <laughs> Are you seeing his face? <laughs> <laughs> no. Damian Lillard is clearly the better player here. This shit is still nah, outrageous. This fucking much. This is still fucking outrageous match. price tag. Now this fucking much. No. So if you had two careers, who would you want? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about right we now. Are, we are, we are. But I, I just, just want to know. No, Jay- I, I'm gonna give you the slight. Damian Lillard just did have a better year than James Harden. He did. Yeah. I, I'm not even arguing with that. When you talk about career, yeah, James Harden had a crazy career. James Harden also just played with Embiid, though, so I don't think he has to have, have the same year as Dame and weak as Portland. I think Damian Lillard still has all NBA type of season like he did with Portland if he's with Joel. I'm not arguing that. I'm just oh. saying that for with the way James Harden played, oh. he just came in and did what he did. But I, yeah, I think the. <laughs> You don't get to argue with me. If Philly had Damian Lillard, they, they them motherfuckers yeah. might be still in this. They might all. still be in the playoffs. Sure. They got I, just knowing that the player James Harden is and what he's been like the last couple of years, I don't think James Harden came. Yeah, this it's just, it's the way to say like fifty million from James Harden is crazy, but we gonna pay Dame sixty and be cool. This <laughs> is like it ain't yeah, it ain't that far off. Yeah, yeah. I to me, it. but I but that made me go and ask you. Career with you. It ain't to say who's better right now. Damian Lillard is better right now. Yeah, but when you talk about career rise, James Harden won an MVP, multiple scoring titles, was one of the engines of one of the best offenses of all. Yeah, James Harden did that shit for a while. So yeah, twenty-one, eleven, and six. Good year. <laughs> they yeah. had 30, 32, 7, and five. Just don't think James Harden's worth fifty mil. Is Dane worth that sixty mil? Not at the end of his contract. Right now he is. Not yeah. at the end of it, no. Okay. We gonna see. Yeah, because Dane making forty. We gonna see once. I I can't wait. 48, 53. We're gonna see the real fandom. We're gonna see the real Portland Trailblazer fandom once Dame is gone, or I guess eventually ends up retiring at this point. Because that's when we gonna know if he really rocked with the Blazers or was it just we Dame? know the answer. He rocks with Dame Lillard. It's still a crossroad you have to come back. Because oh, it's still mean. it's still he's invested a hell of fucking time into the Blazers now at this point. It's not just always But it's all because of Dame. Started with Lamarcus. It's all because of Dame. People people do that with you like You can even LeBron name him fans. for your all time Spurs. I have forgot he played for the Spurs. 
<laughs> people do that with LeBron fans. Like, are y'all Cavs fans or LeBron? Once LeBron left, my brother, who's a big LeBron fan, don't give a fuck about what the Cavs got going on. I hate when people do that. Y'all just Bron fans. Yeah, they are just Bron fans. You know who doing that shit right now? He be pissing me off. Who? Well, I'll be, I'll be streaming the Lakers game or whatever. Kamari coming up. Man, we got to get it together. We got to get it together. Who the fuck is who? Hey, like, nigga, you be rooting for the Magic. I don't know. I think he a Magic Bro, fan. He like Paulo. He like Yeah, he's he talking about we. I like Bron. I like Bron. I'm like, nigga. No. Go watch some Paolo highlights. Yeah. I, I see what you're trying to say, Derek, but they what, what else are they going to spend the money on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's still just, uh, it's not, that's a lot of money to give James Harden. Yeah, what if he rejuvenated? <laughs> I just, I don't I don't see much rejuvenation. I think they'll be cool. They might be fighting for a playing spot if that's your Remember definition. Word, so what's your gripe? With them doing it, but not with the with the Blazers Damian. doing it. Because even if Damian Lillard is okay, we have two players. Let's say Damian Lillard this year was thirty nine percent better than James Harden. Yeah. Okay, it still got the Portland Trailblazers no fucking where. This great season Dame just had got y'all the what third pick. In the but draft. when he was given that money, I thought it was rightfully deserved. No, 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 no. It ain't about if we talking about deserve. A lot All of these guys, niggas be yeah. deserving a lot of this money, bro. They don't. It's just no. I say they do. It just they comes to the point. It just comes into question when the prod- productivity doesn't match the contract. And I don't think you're gonna get fifty million dollars worth of productivity from. But that's James my Harden. argument. That's my argument. A little different to Mike. How many guys' production match? They we just talked about that. Did Tobias Harris give you thirty million dollar production? Nope. Did, <laughs> did D'Angelo Russell give you? With that $27 million production. Hell no, but, I, you know, I respect what he did for We us, can so. go around <laughs> every fucking team and talk about production and matching money. But right now... Does DeAndre Aiden give you that max extension production that he just got? No. But when you look at it from a standpoint that the Houston Rockets have a few months to make that decision, and that they sit down, they talk about it, and then they be like, you know what? $50 million for Harden. Yeah, it's worth it. And then you come out and you not really own shit. Not really. You like you have the option, but they're a young bring team. Him in. They're a young team. They're not looking to win a championship. You so might as well just say young and fun. Just, just yeah. That's but they they can do that though because they literally. I mean, what you got to pay like Jalen Green Tuners? You and all those people don't have to go anywhere because they're your players. So you yeah, can go you have above. their bird rights and yeah. everything like that. At this point too, and I feel like I'm feel like I'm just assuming again, but like. James Harden, when he first left Houston, I felt like it's because he wanted to win. Like he didn't like the situation. He wanted to try to get that chance. I feel like he's had that chance a couple times now. Yeah, it just he, didn't work. Now I'm I think he's past, yeah. I think he's past that. I yeah. think he's cooling. And it's also like P said, who else are you gonna pay? You could you could pay him that money, and you could just have your young roster and be cool. And don't tell me that you're and, gonna spread it around because you can't because they have a roster full of like eight young guys who need time. Yeah. You can't go. You can't tell me I'm gonna bring in five vets. Oh, you are. Well, how the fuck is KPJ playing? How, where's Jalen Green minutes going? Where's Tari Eason's minutes? Jabari Smith Jr. need minutes. Shingoni minutes. Uh, you finna dr- bring in another fucking pick. How how are you going to play nine of these young guys and sign five more veterans? So you might as well just give it to fucking James Harden. You just brought in a coach who's trying to win. They're trying to do something here. I think, no, I think James Harden does add value to this team. I'm not saying that. I'm just... Speaking on the fifty million part, the fifty million, yeah. But listen, though, I think you're he's going to help those young guys develop for sure. That's, I think, that's part of what you're paying for because 
with that money, obviously, we talked about him not doing it, getting it done at like the highest level. You're paying for his services to do what he does in what in Philly. He ain't do shit but make players better around him. And every once in a make while, make players better games him. where he fucking won you one. Maybe he does that more in Houston because he, on a night by night basis, he's committed to the fact that he doesn't have a Joel Embiid. Maybe he's just better because he's just at home and he's comfortable and he's you know where he wants to be. But Ooh, I, I'm, I, 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 but I'm just surprised that you caught on that because that's literally how the game goes. We just talked about. It. Jimmy Butler's last year in his deal is outrageous. He's not going to be a he's he's not going to give you that production. Damian Lillard is going to be making sixty three million dollars in two thousand and twenty six twenty seven. You think he's going to be an All NBA player? No. So what's the issue now? I think it also comes to the fact that not every team got to compete for a championship or just like they're not going to. Yeah, right. not. The, the, I the think it's just you, like accept uh, uh, that. Yeah, better. it's the better the understanding. It's just like you can. Un- There's other opportunities during for you to like feel success over the course of the season without winning a championship or being a damn third seed out, uh, out west or out east. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I get. It, don't get me wrong. There's disappointing. There's disappointing when you fucking win 15 games on the season type shit, and maybe you're not playing well, but. There's also bright spots where I've seen teams win 22 games and they feel great about themselves because they've seen what they wanted to see on the floor. I get what he's saying, mm-hmm. and I think he would be right if that's what they expect. If the Rockets were telling us that they're going to sign James Harden to take this current team overnight to the finals, <laughs> it would be the dumbest signing in America. Really? But they're signing him because the relationship they have, they love James Harden, and he's going to make them better. You don't have to be the biggest James Harden fan but he's going to make them better. What people value as better is objective to what they value. But the Rockets right now, as bad as they've been, they just don't want to be ass. They may necessarily not be thinking about winning a championship right now, but they just know that they don't want to have the dysfunction and the lack of excitement. And James Harden is going to make them better, whether that's being 44 wins, 38, whatever, it's going to put them in a position to go to grow and be better. I will like his locker room presence. I think that will be great for him as well. Bruce Brown just spoke on that. He was talking about James Harden with the Nets. And, like, when he left, it just wasn't nothing really there. He was yeah, a like leader the, in the court and off the court. And it was just like when he left, there was just, like, a lack of that. Yeah. Yeah. And you I, do need that. And like I said, I, I always have that, like, respect for James Harden. But not even just, like, the on-court shit, but I've seen a lot of men talk to, like, at his training camps and, like, on videos and type of that stuff, he's one of those dudes that really puts in that work. And I feel like if you have that type of dude that's going to get that into Jalen Green mindset and to all these other dude mindsets, it can only be the benefit of you. I'm actually a big fan of it because unlike a lot of guys, I think James Harden can age gracefully. I think he's a tremendous facilitator. I think... He's always going to be a formidable score. Is he going to be how he was in his peak years in Houston? No. But I think if you go in and you don't expect that, but like the numbers I just read off, 21, 11, and 6, those are really good if, numbers for a guy who's you not Fred, the same. If I told you Fred Van Fleet had them fucking numbers, you'd be like, oh, shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I would say sign that motherfucker right now. And it, this is supposed to be a guy that's past his yeah. prime and these are down years for him. Bring that to the Rockets who need that. They literally have no facilitator. Yeah, they Shit, don't. yeah. yeah. Jalen Green, let's get going. Shingoon, we going to pick and roll. And uh, Jabari, I'm going to create open three-point catch and shoot looks <clears> for you. Like, they need somebody to set the table and give them a direction and identity. And I think he's a guy who can, who can come in 
and do that while aging good. You can't really bring in a Russell Westbrook and do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he's I feel like Russell could do the same. It wouldn't I feel like James Harden does it at a higher level, but I feel like Russell could be a table setter for your guys. Oh no, no, no. He can be a table setter, but it's it's you talking about their play styles? Like Russ yeah. is more like a hundred miles an hour type play, mm-hmm. whereas James Harden is more like a slow methodical. Mm-hmm. Like he he's more of a game reader, I would say. Yeah. Than I mean they they both got that damn thing where it's just like they could take a bag of bones just like across the street. You know what I'm saying? They, I they, think James Harden plays a lot better basketball. Mm-hmm. Russell yeah. can save the day and give you 40 and win. James Harden can get you a triple-double and everybody got involved in winning. Russell's going to get you a triple-double as well. But Russell has his moments where he does a lot of bonehead, bad basketball shit. And I think James Harden just has those moments where he's just not making, he's well, just not he's making not a making shot. Shots, he just yeah. quote-unquote disappears, which is cool. But I've never seen James Harden – be like, oh, we up five, and he just shot a fucking three with twenty four with twenty seconds left on the shot clock. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> Remember what gets the Blazers? Like, wasn't that Russ? You took the shot he early in the year against the Blazers. Yeah. Jeremy yep. Grant. Yeah, I don't. James Harden ain't really doing. Tom, it. But I need the two for one. He may just not have certain nights where it's just like, damn, what was your effort? Or you know, you just didn't make a lot of shots. But I've never seen James Harden just being like, damn, what the fuck was he thinking with that shot? Um. We can speed through the rest. Uh, Indiana Pacers, their dream scenario or ambitious, Draymond Green. I guess wow. that's, that's, they want his I veteran presence. Yeah, I feel his like that's presence? the complete opposite of what I would think Draymond, first of all, wants. Yeah. Because he wants to compete. And then second of all, I guess. I mean, Tyrese has been doing a great job. Of just, unless you're trying to mimic that. But Tyrese has been doing a really good job of just getting, keeping the offense going. That would be the only thing. But they don't have a, they don't have a four. Tyrese has been doing a good job. Does it take the ball out of Tyrese's hands? No. I've seen but Tyrese also, I don't want Draymond to not have the ball in his hands because exactly. that's where he's shown. So that's why the, it takes yeah. the ball out of his hands. Yeah, because with the Warriors, he literally quarterbacks off. He literally quarterbacks off. Sure. And also, they have seven, and I'm thinking they can get Taylor Hendricks mm-hmm. or Jairus Walker at seven, and that's a great draft night for them. If they boy, they got Jairus Walker. Because, yeah, I mean, a front quarter defensively of Draymond and Miles Turner. And Miles Turner is nice. And then offensively, Miles Turner stretches the floor. So it ain't like you got two bigs who, you know, but at the same time, Halliburton has been so good. If you can get like a Taylor Hendricks who can catch lobs, pick and pop, and defend, I think that's a much better offseason. Uh, Clippers, Dennis Schroeder. That actually ain't bad. They've been they trying to nail have, that point guard spot so, so oh, bad. The Clippers have so much stuff over there. It's crazy. Like they just have so many. They have just like a surplus of players. Yeah. Like I think you're just adding Dennis Schroeder. I think Dennis Schroeder is good, but yeah, I, I'm not mad at it though. Lakers, Gary I, Trent. Oh, you know it's crazy. You. I th- I told KB that I think a Gary Trent might end up on the Bulls. You mm. think so? Yeah. I, did, I was there when you told him. Yeah, he one of them dudes. Anybody would run, honestly tell. Because honestly, if you look at him and Dylan Brooks, I know. Their value may not be crazy high just based off of their last performances. So, like, you may be able to get them on a bargain deal mm-hmm. where they come and, like, try to prove themselves. And then it, you just get a diamond in the rough type shit. So, y'all with Gary Trent would be sexy. Yeah. Right. Uh, Memphis Grizzly, Chris Middleton. Also, they trade for him. No, he has a player option. Oh, That would be does. honestly yeah. interesting because – the way Chris Middleton is is like the complete opposite of what the Grizzlies were, especially last year. So maybe it could be like the balance. I actually like that. I like too. that. Yeah, I actually like it, especially like late game. It doesn't have to be all job. 
Chris Middleton got a ball in his hands. This might not sound like the sexiest ja, name, Bain, but like Middleton. Yeah, Bane and and Chris Middleton in your wings. They sound like some I pretty damn good piece. options. That could be that piece where it's like, oh shit, the Grizzlies are serious because mm-hmm. they have a Chris Middleton. Like in the yeah. Bucks, how do we look at the Bucks? They they really had to. They would have to really address some shit. Yeah, they got to bring some shit in. Uh, Miami Heat, Nikhil Alexander Walker. It's cool. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, TJ Warren. Oh, that's their Chris Middleton replacement. <laughs> they, they just taking them flyers yeah. on, like no, those uh, sure. under the radar flyers on people. Minnesota. I hope they do get TJ Warren though. Minnesota Timberwolves, Max Shrews. Okay, I like it. Yeah, they kind of need a Max guy. Shrews getting that value. I love me some Max Shrews. Pelicans. This one is nice. The Bucks. Yo, the Bucks could be in trouble. Uh, uh, Brooke Lopez. Oh, uh, Brooke Lopez. Oh man. Oh, that's a that's a big upgrade from Valent. Not a big upgrade, but it's an upgrade it's, from Valent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he spaced that floor out and too. chemistry with him is not nah, chemistry, but like fit with him and Zion. One dude is gonna shoot threes. Zion's gonna oh, kind of like the Giannis shit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's perfect. New York Knicks Seth Curry. By the way, we shot the ball. Come on, come on, Seth. That would be good. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder PJ Washington. Not another guess a young four to bring in. Yeah, four stretch the. Four, small ball five. Him, yeah, and, Chet, him and Chet next to each other? That. Next to each other? I like it. Uh, he would probably come off the bench. J-Dub is your four. Oh, J-Dub does play the four. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Magic, Fred Van Vliet. So, are they... St- I, I can see him in that. I can see I'm, I'm so interested to see what I'm so interested to see what happens with Freddie, bro. Because I feel like there's teams that can compete that try to win them. Like the Lakers could try to try to get him. If, yeah. You know, if D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie don't uh, work out. But it's also like I can see him just getting some like. Getting I like, his, I like are they putting him next to Markel? I saw. I say I like Markel. I like. I love Markel. Markel was starting point hooping guard. last yeah. season. Markel showed us a lot last they year. Have a big like, they he hooping so much it's like he. You want him and Cole Anthony be good? Like you don't know if they can like fully play together or whatever. But it's just like Markel did so much. He did so good. It's not he hindered that little process of what they had with Cole Anthony. I feel like for sure. Uh, Philadelphia, Dante DiVincenzo, and Trey Lyles. You said for who? Have two, the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. I like Dante. I do like Trey Lyles as well. I think those would be very nice pickups. But Especially if you lose hard. If you lose hard, and yeah, I guess that's all you can do because that team is just going to suck when it comes to like shot creation. I think it's going to be very tough. You really they only have, have to play, play to and beat. Yeah, you so Dante and, DiVincenzo, Maxi, Harris, they're going to have to make shot Dan, Anthony Melton. Mm-hmm. You might have a little bit more of a team structured thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I would love how to see how whoever the new coach is handles that. Oh, true. Nick Nurse, uh, somebody. Phoenix Suns, Josh Richardson. I kind of like that one a lot. I mm-hmm. like that one, too. Yeah. I think that would be a good fit. Um, Portland Trailblazers, Nas Reed. Mm, a small <laughs> center. I like it. I mean, Nas Reed is still really good. Um Dude, I would love to see him with like the Raptors. No, uh, no, they got Jakob now. But I think this is somebody that the Portland Trailblazers need. I mean, you're st- you're not counting on Nurkic anymore, are you? Yeah, they count on Drew Eubanks. Yeah. So I mean, Drew Eubanks. <laughs> I love me some Drew Eubanks. Oh my gosh, I kind of like this one. Who? Sacramento, Jeremy Grant. Oh wow! So they move on from Harrison Barnes. That's that's such the a upgrade. crazy upgrade. Yeah, that team's look a look. That team's looks a little bit more serious too. Mm. That's good. San Antonio Spurs, Austin Reeves. Oh, my God. It's like that veteran presence. Oh, no, Austin Reeves. I was thinking of Austin River. But <laughs> Austin Reeves, I like it. No, I like Austin Reeves. I can see it. I feel like they just said, I, they don't need to do shit else. They just get, they just got the number one pick. They got Vic. They good, bro. Toronto Raptors, D'Angelo Russell. 
Ooh. That means Get they, lost the, uh, they lost Fred. D-Lo come in, plug in, see what he could do. Yeah. I also don't. Y'all, I don't think D-Lo. Y'all think D-Lo's going to get a four-year deal? No. Well, I mean, I, you know, yeah. if Mike it, get a four-year deal, and they ain't getting that shit from the Lakers. Yeah, no. He ain't getting that shit from the Lakers, I'll tell you that. I could see him taking a two-year deal with, like, a player option or something. Utah Jazz, Kyle Kuzma. Mm, they're not getting that you shit. You said who? Utah Jazz? Kuzma? Kyle Kuzma. Mm. I wouldn't be mad at it. They're not getting him. Lastly, Washington Wizards, Kyrie Irving. Oh. That would I be feel the like most any, I feel like them shit. with any point guard is a plus. They just there's just a hole at their PG spot unless they feel like they want to move Bradley Beal to the one. No, no. Yeah. I just I, like I, you get him and then what? I feel like there's gonna yeah. Like, you Same. get him and then what? I would much rather bring back Porzingis. If you're gonna spend that type of money, just bring back Porzingis, draft the point guard at eight, and just fucking do the same shit he y'all been bring doing. Some, yeah, he would. But you have him. a draft pick at eight, and you're gonna have Casein Wallace, Anthony Black. You're gonna have options, Jalen Hood, Shafino. Um, but yeah, you need to continue. You need to try to hit something. <laughs> this in some the draft. shit just like it'll be happening in the league, and like Fredo pick up Kyrie Irving. Just, Kyrie. just he got a mid ass team. You're like, why? Now you just at the bottom with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, we appreciate y'all, though. Now it's time that y'all been waiting for. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it was a pleasure to have Isaiah Thomas. And this is where you get the interview. So we appreciate y'all. Enjoy the interview. And uh, let us know how y'all like it in the comments. Voila. Yes. IT.